in lotion, pump, or industrial spray drum. Adam wasn't created as a baby, so could God have done the same thing with the earth? Well, to some extent, there's some there's something in this because God created a, a productive earth. It wasn't a rock rock that had to form soil and then eventually grow trees. It was actually a productive place. So the soil's already there, the trees are already growing, the people were already there, they could talk and they didn't have to learn to talk and things like that. So it was a going concern. So there's an appearance of age. But that doesn't extend to God planting fossils in the ground and false indications of age that can mislead us. That wouldn't be something God would do. A better business tip from TNT Radio. News Talk Radio listeners are some of the most active and involved listeners of any format. TNT Radio listeners rely on TNT Radio often as their primary source of information. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to TNTradio.live. Hey, why not give TNT Radio a follow. We sure would love you to do that. We're on all the social, major social platforms, including, of course, Facebook, Twitter, now X, Instagram, Gab, and Getter, among others. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Yeah. Oh, so this is Joe Swanson from the Springfield Precinct. Yeah. Uh, You filed a missing person report yesterday. Yeah, the wife went shopping, uh, never heard from her, haven't seen her since, I don't know, yesterday. All right, I'm going to have you describe her build type for me. Um, that's really hard to say. I don't really remember, I guess. Okay, what about her eye color? Uh, you know, I never really... To hear a replay of this hour, go to episodes at TNTradio.live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Former President Donald Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba, criticized the urgency shown by special counsel Jack Smith in seeking a Supreme Court ruling on Trump's presidential immunity regarding election-related charges. Smith's office filed a petition for a swift decision, which the Supreme Court agreed to consider, requesting Trump's team to submit their arguments quickly. Haba suggested this urgency was politically motivated, aimed at influencing the 2024 election, and labeled it as election interference. She argued that the legal actions against Trump are making him a victim, attracting voters who normally wouldn't support him, and described the situation as un-American. The Ukrainian Security Service, SBU, has initiated a criminal investigation following the discovery of a hidden listening device in a room potentially intended for use by Valery Zaluzhny, the commander-in-chief of Ukraine's armed forces. The device, found on Sunday, was made from components of unknown origin, complicating efforts to determine who installed it, as reported by RBK Ukraine. An SBU statement on Telegram revealed that the device was not operational and lacked any means to store or remotely transmit audio recordings. The SBU clarified that the bug was located not in Zaluzhny's current office, but in a room he might have used for work in the future. The UK's Royal Navy warship HMS Diamond successfully intercepted and destroyed a suspected attack drone over the Red Sea, a vital maritime route linking Europe through the Suez Canal to the Indian Ocean. UK Defence Minister Grant Shapps confirmed the incident, stating that the drone, believed to be targeting merchant ships in the Red Sea, was shot down overnight using a Sea Viper missile. The Red Sea, bordered by Yemen to the east and Africa to the west, narrows at the Bab al-Mandeb Strait in the south. The strategic location is crucial for global commerce and energy flow, and its disruption through piracy or attack could significantly impact Western economies. 
The successful engagement by HMS Diamond highlights ongoing efforts to protect shipping in this critical waterway. Russia and Ukraine engaged in another day of drone warfare, with the Russian Defense Ministry reporting the interception of 35 Ukrainian drones over three southwestern Russian regions. According to a post on Telegram, these drones included an attack on a Russian military airport. The targeted site is believed to be the Morozovsk Air Base, home to Russia's 559th Bomber Aviation Regiment, which has been active in the Ukraine war. Videos circulated on a Russian Telegram channel, known for criticizing the Kremlin, showed drones flying over residential areas in Morozovsk. Vasily Goyabev, the governor of Russia's Rostov province, confirmed the drone strikes near Morozovsk in another town, stating that the most drones were shot down without causing casualties or significant damage. The Church of England has started offering official blessings for same-sex partnerships, a significant development despite maintaining the prohibition on gay marriages. This new practice was exemplified in one of the first ceremonies where Reverend Catherine Bond and Reverend Jane Pierce, both associate priests at St. John the Baptist Church in Felixstowe, received a blessing for their union. Canon Andrew Dotchin presided over the ceremony, expressing gratitude for their love and commitment. This move follows the Church's National Assembly decision in February to permit clergy to bless same-sex couples who are legally married or in civil partnerships. The approved prayers, known as prayers of love and faith, were put into practice for the first time this Sunday. This change comes after five years of deliberation over the Church's stance on sexuality, including an apology to the LGBTQ community. However, the Church maintains its traditional view of marriage as a union between a man and a woman, and does not obligate clergy to perform these blessings if they're opposed to them. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. This has been James O'Neill for TNT Radio. The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at TNTradio.live. Good morning. Let's check out the weather. Shall we go to the weather? If I can find it, here we go. Yes, the extremes now. The highest temperature is in Auckland in a place called Manukau. And uh, yes, Manukau, that is in South Auckland. And the lowest temperature is Omarama in Mackenzie Country, 5.2 degrees, 19 degrees in Auckland, by the way. Uh, the windiest place to be is the Port Hills in Christchurch, 28 kilometres of wind. And Whangarei, it's wet in Whangarei with 1.8 millimetres of rain. The temperatures across the main centres, so Stewart Island, 13 degrees. Invercargill's on 7, Dunedin, 13, Queenstown, 10, Timaru, 12. Christchurch, 14 degrees this morning. Blenheim and Nelson are both on. 10 and 15 degrees uh, Queenstown, did I mention 10 degrees, France Joseph on the west coast a bit cooler there, 8 degrees Westport 12 degrees, Chatham Islands is on 12 degrees as well, and in the North Island, Wellington and Masterton 14 degrees, Palmerston North 17 New Plymouth is on 14, Rotorua 16, Napier 17 degrees Tarpo 16 along with Rotorua and Gisborne 17 along with Tauranga, Hamilton 18, Auckland 19 degrees, and what do we say? 19 exactly in Manukau City. Um, yes, and Whangarei 18 degrees with rain. Also, Kaitaia is also on 18 degrees. The short forecast for Northland, Auckland, Coromandel and the Bay of Plenty, mostly cloudy, Isolated showers clearing this evening. Gisborne and Hawke's Bay, mostly cloudy. Scattered showers, especially about the ranges, where some may be heavy, easing this evening. For Waikato to Wellington, including the central high country, areas of morning cloud, and they're becoming fine. However, some isolated afternoon and evening showers about Waikato and Taupo. Nelson, Marlborough and Canterbury, areas of low cloud, threatening 
the uh, and did I say threatening? Oh, retreating the east coast this morning retreating to the east coast this morning and becoming fine elsewhere. For the remainder of the South Island, mainly fine weather, but a few cloudy areas in the morning. Chatham Islands, a morning cloud, and then you've got periods of fine weather. We'll look at the extended forecast after the 7 o'clock news. Uh, but right now, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Liberty NZ Breakfast. Would you call yourself a socialist? Uh, no. You've never told a lie in politics? No, no. See, somebody sent me a video actually last Friday and it had you talking at the socialist community. Oh, right. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And you mentioned the word comrade uh, about four times in a minute. What was that about? It was a rally and I would have been about 25 years old. Comrade, 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 comrade. Comrade, 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 comrade. It was in 2009. Oh, well, I can't remember which country it was in. Has changed since those days? No, not particularly. No. If you are caught in a lie or caught intentionally misleading the New Zealand public, how would you expect to be held to account? We drum in that messaging around the dangers of COVID pretty diligently for a full two-week period of sustained propaganda. Sustained propaganda. Oh, Rel, good morning. It's eight minutes past five and we're over at Radio New Zealand looking at the headlines. We're skittering through the papers just to see what they're dishing up for us today. And uh, the first bit of news we've got is rate hikes, mature approach to help pay for billions needed to fix infrastructure. New Zealand is being warned it is heading towards a tragedy if more is not invested in council infrastructure and the double digit rate increases should be expected. Also in related news Wellington City Council they vote in principle to keep the same rates for business and a warning sounded as Christchurch Council strikes rate rise lower than inflation rate. More news, COVID warning here, a warning a COVID wave could continue into the new year. Thanks to fast-growing variant, health experts are urging Kiwis to put COVID-19 booster shots in their arm by Christmas. <laughs> oh, I have to, I struggle to read this sort of stuff because it's just such rubbish, isn't it? Anyway, let's try and keep a straight face, shall we? All right, we'll do that. A COVID-19 booster shot on their Christmas list for the best chance to avoid the latest variant impacting their summer holidays. Where's my bullshit? Um, I, that's what I need. Let me just find it just quickly because then I can have it handy because as I read some of this stuff uh, without me having to comment on it, let's see, I've got I've got it here. There we are. This is, this is what that I is. want the bullshit. You do. I don't want the bullshit. There's a better one than that, surely. Bullshit. Yeah, that's the one I want. I'll keep that. Oh, now that's got Fred Dag. I have to queue him up. I'll just keep you handy there. Okay, now we'll go back to the news. So that one there is terrible, isn't it? Now, how to have a happy vegan Christmas. Oh, I can't believe this. <laughs> Vegans, more bullshit. Um, for most people, a traditional Christmas dinner means meat and Christmas cake uh, or pudding. So what do you make when vegan and gluten-free guests arrive? You don't make anything. You eat as you eat. You just eat. When Look, I'm a carnivore. I eat mostly meat and protein. I do eat cheese and butter and all that sort of stuff. But when I go to other people's places, I just eat what's before me. You don't have to carry it on. You can have one day with the crook ups, uh, upset tummy the next day. You, you know, just eat what's before you. 
that's what you do. That's the polite thing to do. You don't go making it difficult for people. When in Rome, do as the Romans do, except for all that um, perversion that they used to do. <laughs> okay, prosecutors want the ADHD expert. That's what, what's that when children are di- disobedient? All this sort of stuff is, is either disobedience and children are you know, allowed to be um, child-centered instead of parent-centered, or uh, it's to do with the vaccines. I would think possibly a little bit of both. But the expert here, his name is Terry uh, Tony Han, and he's never to work again, according to some people. Uh, now, let's find out about this. Han has been before the Health Practitioners Disciplinary Tribunal that will decide his punishment for prescribing drugs like Ritalin, which is a terrible drug to give kids. And uh, so he's been prescribing that without the required approval of specialists, and even the specialists shouldn't be giving it giving it up to kids. It's terrible. It's all vaccine injuries, and then the poor kids, um, you know, develop these uh, crazy mental and emotional symptoms. And, um, well, what do you do? They give them nonsense like that to keep them quiet. Ritalin. Wow, that's terrible. 90 Palestinians killed in a day, according to um, Hamas. Well, that's silly, really. It's a motive, putting that up, because people get killed. Um, some Israeli... Actually, there were some soldiers that killed... Um, and uh, what was it now? They, uh, I've got, I've got it over at um, Jerusalem Post. They killed some of the hostages. They didn't mean to, uh, obviously, didn't mean to do that. But in the heat of the battle, people get killed. And um, you know, it was the uh, the Arabs, the they call Palestinians, but it was the Arabs that invaded uh, peaceful uh, Jewish people living in their communities in southern Israel. They were the ones that invaded them, and of course. Um, uh, well, what do you do? You've got to fight them back. And I, I use this, and other people do as well, and that is that was England wrong for bombing um, um, parts of Germany? Uh, I think in particular Dresden. Um, a lot more Germans were killed during the Second World War than English. And so just because there's more Germans killed, does that mean that the English are wrong for defending themselves against the, the Nazi invasion because they wanted to invade England and we'd all be speaking Germany and we'd all be speaking German <laughs> Jawohl Herr Kommandant yeah I learnt my German from um, what did I it was Hogan's Heroes that's right I learnt all my German alright uh, the, the White Ferns um, they lose in the super over did they? Well, that's netball, isn't it? I'm, are you interested? I'm not interested in that. Now, what else have we got here on the front page of Radio New Zealand? I'm at rnz.co.nz, and we're scattering over here just to see what's happening. A former Sir, a former Prime Minister, rather, Sir Bill English, is to head a review into Housing New Zealand. And so he's been bought. I didn't realise that he was a Mason, because only, I've noticed that, have you noticed this? Only Masonic members uh, get to be uh, knighted. And of course, Jacinda Ardern, she's a dame, so she's probably high up there on the on the Masonic list. Uh, Kiwi cinematographer wins the Emmy for Sweet Tooth. What's that one about? I I don't know. I haven't looked at any of this. He looks an interesting, fella. There, he's got his um, got his Emmy. An Auckland cinematographer has picked up an Emmy award for his work on successful Netflix show Sweet Tooth. Dave Garbett, he won Best Cinematography for the single camera live-action program at the Children's and Family Emmys. I bet it's not too too (laughs) child-friendly. Held in Los Angeles this weekend. Gabbett, along with cinematographers Gil Cavelli and Rob Marsh, was responsible for shooting season two of the dystopian drama Sweet Tooth Images 
a world where imagines rather a world where the human population has been decimated by a mysterious virus. Oh gosh, <laughs> getting kids used to the getting children or getting people used to the whole idea of viruses, which don't exist, and we know that. And you can find out that they don't exist by reading Virus Mania. There's no evidential foundation for viruses existing whatsoever. It's all made up. All made up. I think it's just the um, medical. Um, malpractice when they think, gosh, what's gone on here? Well, we'll just have to call it a virus. We'll, paint, we'll get someone to draw a nice drawing. We've got we've got um, computer animated. Uh, what do you call that now? G- CGI. We'll use some of that to make a scary looking virus, and um, we'll cover up the fact that we've actually um, made people unwell with our pharmaceutical drugs. Um, yes, that's what we'll do. There we are. We'll invent a virus. Um, anyway, so there we are. That's that one there. And um, so it's more rubbish, just getting people used to it. Looks, it looks actually weird, actually. This kid's got horns. Photo of Netflix. Oh, it, looks, it looks a bit something like something out of Narnia. Anyway, speaking to bad news. Oh, I can't be bothered. No, we're not going to read that. It's quarter past five. And you're here with me looking at what I want to look at. Enough about me. Enough about me. What about you? What do you think of me? Now, a second person dies in hospital after a crash in Rotorua, which I didn't even know there was a crash in Rotorua. Um, when did that happen? That was yesterday, obviously. Yes, it is. This report came out very late last night. Second person died after the crash in Rotorua. They died in hospital after the crash on State Highway 30 at Owata. Owata. Or Ofata. This, that was yesterday morning. Another person died at the scene, and three others are still in hospital with serious injuries. What other news have we got here? Um, Prime Minister, he confirms the first overseas trip to Australia. That's happening today. He's off. Christopher Luxon, the Prime Minister, he has confirmed his first official visit since taking office will be to have talks with his counterpart, Anthony Albanese, today. And Parker versus Wilder. What's that one about? What's Parker? That's boxing. Is he? He's boxing. Uh, the Road to Riyadh. So they're going to play over there. There's a, there's an analysis over there which you can have a look at. And the Phoenix looked to bounce back against the unbeaten uh, MacArthur. And uh, Kylie Jamison is to miss the ODI series. And what else have we got? We've got that fellow that won the F1. He had to pay all this money back, didn't he? I wonder if we'll get to that somewhere in the story. He had to pay $2 million in fees to uh, for um, F1 Sport. Massey University, they've put $150 million in property up for sale. Well, we knew that was coming. Massey University wants, and also what some guys resigned as well, um, of T. Kayang, oh, I don't know, I can't remember what it's called, but some name, it's basically just a Maori name they've given. Whoop, where's my slippers? Oh, slipper fell off. Um, it's a Maori name they've given, um, AIT, or, you know, that sort of thing, sort of um, um, technical institutes. There we go. Now, uh, so what are they going to do? They've um, NASA University want to sell off or lease nearly all of the Albany. Well, we knew that. That's old news. That came out in November, wasn't it? Or October even. Um, well, people don't want to send their kids to places like that anymore, do they? To be indoctrinated. Even it's not just the um, universities. It's these sorts of these technical institutes as well. The communists are trying to get into there, and also there was all sorts of uh, silly rules. They wanted you to, you know, be jabbed for a start. <laughs> You had to wear a mask. Uh, anyway, Albany campus that has occupied for over 30 years. Wow, that didn't know that. Been there for 30 years. Uh, supermarkets support grocery price comparison app. Um, there's a developer that's done that. And the Commerce Commission receives proposal for foodstuffs merger. 
Uh, commerce can receive proposal. Okay, so foodstuff. Who are they going to merge you with? We should have a quick look and see. Let's have a look and see. There we are. I've got a picture of lots of groceries, lots of things I wouldn't buy. And there, wow, bread, white bread, yuck. Um, Pam's, what's that? Nappies, is it? Um, then you've got some vegetable oil. Don't stay away from that stuff. Uh, sugar, ooh, and marmite. I don't know. Onions, yuck. Onions make you drowsy. Did you know that? Make you drowsy. Um, the Commerce Commission has received an application from the country's biggest supermarket operator to merge its various businesses. The boards of foodstuffs North and South Island will operate as separate co-ops, announced a proposal. Hang on. The boards of foodstuff and – oh, they do operate as separate co-ops, announced a proposal to merge the two last night. Oh, Okay. That's not such big news. Uh, they run a number of well-known brands, including New World, Pack and Save, and Four Square. The co-op said a merger would improve duplication, simplify the business, and save costs. Well, not to start with, it'd cost a lot for the big um, changeover with all the marketing, wouldn't it, and all the advertising, and all the signage, stuff like that. It'd be huge. Uh, Commerce Commission said in a statement of preliminary issues and call for submissions would likely be released by mid-January. The competition regulator would give clearance to a proposed merger if it is unlikely to lessen competition in the market. Well, not really, they're already there. They just want one name, don't they? Foodstuffs North and South Island have previously said that if the merger proposed uh, received clearance, each cooperative would hold a special general meeting in June. So they've got plenty of time where members would vote on the merger. Uh, Foodstuffs has previously said the merger would not result in changes to its supply chain network. No, it's just a name change, isn't it, really? Uh, serving its members and customers. Well, that's not so bad. There we are. It's not so ominous. That is news from Radio New Zealand, and we'll have a look at News Hub in, in, in just a moment. Here's, remember this? Remember Fred Dag? Oh, by the way, it's um, 21 minutes past five. And good morning to you. I like it. Well, there she is. That's, uh, that's the pick of her. That's the pick of the bunch. How much? Uh, 700. 700. And I suppose it only had one owner. A little old lady who only drove it on Sundays. Well, actually, she's an ex-rental. Uh, a mate of mine thrashed the ring out of her for a fair bit, bought her in here, see if I could find some bunny to fit into it. That's remarkably frank of you. Cyril. Cyril. Well, it's not a lot of commission in a $700 vehicle. I'm not going to muck about old eye selling it. He doesn't want it anyway. Tell us about it. Well, uh, the body works pretty well rooted, uh, as you can see. But, uh, well, they never give up these old sixes, do they? You know, a little hard to start, a little hard to start. Runs like a haunted shit house for a bit. But once she warms up, uh, there's a lot of grunt under here. I wouldn't be surprised if you got the ton out of this, you know, on a decent downhill run, you know, with a brisk northerly up your freckle. Goes like a strangled fart. I reckon you got... Uh, 5,000 miles out of this before it craps out completely. It's got to be worth four or 500 in parts. Bit hard getting a warrant, of course. No brakes and one thing and another. Fortunately, I happen to have a warrant. It's not for this vehicle, but I will sell it to you and I will include that in the 700. 650. Cash. Done. I don't believe it. Uh, park it on a slope. Park it on a slope. There you go. Fred Dagg. And of course, his name is John Clark. And he passed away, I think, last year, actually, sometime last year. He was great. John Ansel and I and others, us, the older chaps, we love him. We think he's one of the best comedians that ever came to New Zealand, that was ever born in New Zealand. Born here, then he went over to Australia. And he was very famous with another guy called Dawes. So he had a sort of a duo called Clark and Dawes. And we might, we might kick some of those out 
to some time this morning as well. 24 minutes past five. Welcome to the program. And we're over at NewsHub now, newshub.co.nz. Leaked documents reveal horror financial position for politics. Insiders spill the beans on a, says here, a shit show. Of course, they've blocked it out, but I don't know why it's only shit. I mean, the Bible talks about dung. Shit. <laughs> uh, a meeting with the minister. A shit show meeting with the minister. Whew, that's on education. Now, COVID-19 news. A thousand deaths. This is this is the scaremonger. Professor uh, Baker, has a, he has a grim prediction as the fifth COVID wave sweeps New Zealand. Do, do people? I think people just laugh at him now, don't they? I don't know. I've always laughed at him. Christopher Luxon's broken promises. Airlines, all he knows about airlines, he was the CEO of Air New Zealand. Luxon, this is our Prime Minister, Luxon faces a walk, a walkbacks, is it? Walkbacks over Tereo planes, Tereo, comma, planes, so Tereo, that's Maori. So he faces walkbacks. I wonder what that's all about. Oh, click on it. Oh, no. No, we'll keep moving. Keep moving. We've got lots to, lots to look at. Just looking at the headlines, shall we? And then, then we'll go back over. Look, I know I say that I'm going to go back and look at it and never do because I get sidetracked, but. Oh, well, <laughs> that's because I don't have a producer saying, come on, you got to read that. OK, so anyway, so Christopher Luxon, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, he has um, broken promises about the airlines, apparently. Uh, and I think it's because the, seven, the 757, now what did he say? He wasn't going to use them and then he ended up using them. I think that's what it was. So he's off today and he'll be on, he'll be in a, um, on a, an Air New Zealand, which is actually a military plane that Air New Zealand run. Now in housing, it's been revealed the former Prime Minister, Sir Bill English. I didn't know that he was knighted. I think I said that. Yeah, I didn't know he was. Anyway, he is to lead the review of Housing New Zealand. Of course, they've got a Maori name there, but uh, what's the point? I mean, no one knows what kāinga ora means, do they? A very, very small amount of people that listen to this program. We've got people from Canada and the United States and Australia and all over the place. The United Kingdom, they wouldn't know what kāinga ora is. They just laugh at us. They think we live in a silly little fool's paradise down here in New Zealand. Of course we don't. We're the bestest little country in the whole world, don't we? Now, beaches, popular holiday beaches, are inundated with jellyfish across the weekend with over 50 people being stung. And this poor woman, I don't know who she is, but poor, poor lady, um, she said, I couldn't stop crying. How um, a Kiwi woman's trip to the toilet led to discovery of bowel cancer. Oh, yuck. Gosh. Ugh. Ugh. I wish I hadn't read that. Um, I... It would help if I pre-read stuff, but we don't have time. I, I can't sit here and read all the stuff. I'd have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Now, um, in environment, a microplasmic contamination, it's the worst. It's worse than expected on New Zealand beaches. Now, I think that came out a couple of months ago. It's all those little tiny bits of plastic, you know. Um, they all break down. Apparently, that's really bad. I don't think it's very bad. Uh, Grant says, anyway, the whole lot's going to be um, destroyed in a thousand years' time anyway, at least a thousand and seven years, and then we have a whole new earth and a new heaven anyway, so I wouldn't worry too much about it. But the, the earth has an incredible, it's incredible the way God's designed it. It does tend to heal itself, so really you don't, don't need to worry. We don't really need to worry about it. It's only the silly people that, they're not really silly actually, they're really clever. They're trying to blame us so that we have to pay taxes to finance their world government, and um, this is quite a good way of doing it. It's just to pretend that we're causing all these all this pollution, and um, and uh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So they're just making up new ways all the time. They just have teams of people. They just sit there, a bit like bishops. You know, they just sit in there thinking, now what can we do? What can we do? Maybe the Catholic Church is behind it. I don't know. Now, in road safety, they're telling us to belt up. Police are frustrated with the preventable deaths amid a spike in road toll, and that's. 
Uh, they're saying it's caused by people not belting up. So just belt up, will you? Now, uh, police also, they police settle a personal grievance claims over the COVID-19 vaccines. I've definitely got to talk about that a bit later on. And other headlines in health, the best choice of sunscreen for Kiwis this summer. Well, the best choices don't put that rubbish on your skin. Your skin is an organ. <gasps> you can't do that, and you need your vitamin D. I walk around. Yeah, I walk around the last couple of days, no shirt on. Um, try not to write in the very heat of the day. Then the other, so you know, like midday. What I do is I get get up early, as you know, uh, and I work here. Once I've finished here, I'll be on the farm, um, and then. I work till probably about midday and it starts to get a bit hot. Three o'clock's really hot. So about midday, come in for lunch. I've already had morning tea around about, I don't know, nine o'clock, maybe ten. And then um, then I then I sort of knock off till about th- four o'clock. And then I work from four, five, six, maybe seven o'clock there. And I get quite a lot done. I get a lot. I get most of the work done in, in the late afternoon because it's just lovely working, you know, as the sun's getting lower in the sky. Fantastic. That's how I like to work anyway, at this time of the year anyway. And that's something that I learned to do when I was down in Winton, actually, down there, an old farmer. We'd get up early. He would say, oh, well, let's just do some work. I was helping him, actually. Lovely guy's my neighbour. And I helped him during lambing. And then I also um, helped him as it got started to get a wee bit hotter. And, um, yeah, it gets really hot down there in Southland. Tell you what, it's cold, though. Cold at night. You know, it could be five degrees at night or less in the middle of summer but it'll be 35 degrees during the day and if something wrong with my headphones I can't hear myself never mind what's wrong with that there we go is that oh, that's working now okay so that is the stories on um oh no we've got more here we go environment on oh, microplasma we've got that belt up best choice for sunscreens leave it all alone now the latest news a high risk in Otago of fire amid hot, dry and windy conditions. That's just, uh, that came out very late last night. And council rate hikes, well we talked about that, the mature approach is to, is to uh, just pay the extra money, just pay it, don't worry about it. So what's happening is, I believe this is what's happening, council have been funneling um, your funds off to these black ops, uh, sort of sustainable development type stuff. And, um, or oh, we might hear from Rosa Corey, in fact, while I'm speaking, while I'm thinking about that, I'm just going to play this, have a listen to this, and I'll go and find Rosa Corey. We might play her a bit later on, just to remind some of you. It's 29 minutes past five. Good morning to you all. Uh, uh, very, a very good morning. A top of the morning to you. Uh, excuse me, uh, Sarah? Oh, my God, Tom! <laughs> How Hi. are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good to see oh, you. Where have you been? Oh, I, I moved to St. Louis, and then I came back here. Oh, my God. Oh. It's so good to see you. So how long have you been back in town? I've been back three weeks now. I live right in the area. Oh, my. Better oh. give you a hug. What are you doing here? Oh, just shopping. Just shopping for food? Yeah. Oh, me too. Mm. Oh, mm. it's so good to see you. It's good to see you. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh. Mm. Okay, my neck. Isn't it a nice hug? Yeah, but my neck's hurting. I now. love giving hugs. Okay, let's go mm, now. Especially talk. to my old good friend. Okay, yeah, now my neck's hurting. My and I can't best breathe. old friend, Sarah. Oh, okay, bye bye. Mm. Oh, oh, your back look. feels so oh, good. Please. Okay, let go now. Ooh. Okay, Give me now look. we're letting go. Mm. See, now this is me pushing you away. Mm. On, okay, now we're going. Scientists now we're going. Bye bye. A hug should last three to five seconds. Any longer can cause back pain, neck pain, arthritis. And a general creepy feeling. For more information, ask your doctor. 
Hmm, yet more information. Half past five, and I'm over at the New Zealand Herald. And shocked and horrified, Kmart apologised to Christmas shopper, wrongly accused of theft, and a violent grandfather who left New Zealand aged two has been deported back as a 501. A violent grandfather. Uh, Boeing, Boeing, Hairi Ra, the flexi promises of Christopher Luxon. Oh, they're getting into him. Gosh, the old New Zealand Herald, I didn't think they'd be so so mean. And then we've got that head boy, he comes out as a homosexual during a powerful, a powerful they say, school prize-giving speech. Harry Dines, uh, embarrassed his parents, no doubt. <laughs> what do you want to do that for? We don't need to know about your sodomy. Keep it to yourself, yeah, boy. And then, of course, everybody else, they get in on the act, don't they? We might look at that a bit later on, too, if I can remember. And uh, we've got one on travel. Looking back on 2023, travel writers reveal their best tips of the year. You can find that at New Zealand Herald. And uh, Luxon defends the taxpayer funding for his Maori lessons after the hypocrisy claims. And um, what else have we got here? Uh, King Charles, he he knows who will and won't be attending Christmas dinner, does he? I didn't know. That's right, because they all get together, don't they, for Christmas dinner with mummy and daddy. Uh, in New Zealand, New Zealand has an alcohol problem, do they? No, we've got lots of people that can't control themselves. That's what it is. I mean, I, sometimes I feel like having a cigarette, but I don't. <laughs> I don't do it. And sometimes I feel like going down and buying some booze, you know, and I don't, but I don't. You know, no big deal. I might if I want to, but I don't. I don't, because I'm actually just... Um, um, disciplining myself at the moment, you know, like getting up early. Um, I try and get up at, you know, half past three or something like that before, but I set my alarm for four o'clock and I, was, I woke up I mean, last night. Oh, gosh, it was nearly midnight. For some reason, I just, you know, I've got to not do this. And when I do it, like I'm absolutely shagged today. I feel so tired. But um, you wouldn't know, would you? No, because you've got to be professional when you do this business. <laughs> People shouldn't know. Like I shouldn't be talking to you now about this. I wouldn't if I was working for a, a proper radio station. You know where they had. You know people paid me. <laughs> I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't be sharing any of this stuff with you. And I hope everything's on because I haven't got my headset working today. So we're just guessing. So I mean, what I could do is I whip over and look at the levels. Oh yeah, looks like it's working. Very good. And we're going out on um, OBS. I use that OBS. That OBS Studio. It's OBS Studio 2.9 and it's open broadcast. Well, I don't know what it is. OBS, I don't even know what it means, but I think it's free anyway. Yeah, it is free. I never pay for anything. Can't, couldn't catch me paying for anything. Uh, now we're back at health. Uh, we know we're at alcohol. That's right. New Zealand has an alcohol problem. This is what they say. Uh, but we only punish the ones who can't handle their booze. Uh, well, of course, and it's not alcoholism. It's drunk. The Bible doesn't talk about any disease called alcoholism. It's just simply called drunkenness. And um, it's obviously it's a sin to be drunken. And so if it's a sin, then obviously you can stop yourself from doing it. And so it's very easy. It's just um, people that really are just, uh, they're just led, led around by their body, leads them around by the nose. And there's all sorts of other things that you can, you know, you can allow your body to take control over your mind and soul and your spirit. You've just got to say no to this stuff because it's no good for you. Um, health experts, they um, say that there's a fifth wave of COVID hits. Oh, rubbish. Dementia. She cares lovingly for her elderly mother for 16 years. Why did it end so traumatically? Oh, I wonder what happened there. Well, see, I'll see if we can get back to that and have a look. They're just looking at the headings at the moment, just to give you an idea of what's on, on the table. 
from the news, and right now we're at New Zealand Herald. It's almost 25 minutes to six too, by the way. In lifestyle, it says here, advice, how can I stop my in-laws from making impromptu visits? Why would you want to do that? That's not very nice, is it? Um, I suppose as in-laws, you just don't do it, do you? When you're older, you wait for the kids to come to you. That's why I think it's important that you visit your grandparents and your parents and stuff like that, because... Um, yeah, they don't want to, they, you know, ones that are thinking parents and grandparents, uh, they don't want to interfere, and so they wait for you to visit. So, uh, yeah, so make sure you do visit them, won't you? Now, uh, what else have we got? A news hub presenter is off work after a concussion. Oh, I wonder what happened to her. She's the one with the barcode. Yeah, they've all got that now, haven't they? That little, looks like a barcode. Oh, no, when you move in close, it's not a barcode. It's some kind of a tattoo. I wonder if it's a real one. You wouldn't want to, I don't, she's quite pretty. I wouldn't want to put that on my face for too long. I mean, imagine if you um, you wanted to go and do something somewhere else in the world. You, it would limit your um, li- would limit your choices of uh, vocation, wouldn't it? You'd be just bound to reading news on Maori television or <laughs> or, or here in uh, silly old New Zealand. Uh, just in hot weather and humid humidity, it heads it leads up to, to Christmas rather at thirty degrees plus temperatures are forecast for the South Island. Yeah, they were worried about that, weren't they? And also, what else have we got here? There's some opinion pieces. A pee addict wrote a man. He pimped out girls as young as 13 for se- oh, yuck. Don't want to read it. The Gaza conflict, African coup, uh, the, and Morocco earthquake. The year in world news. Oh, okay, you can see that. And Simon Wilson, the Toyota Corolla principle of planning. What does that mean? I don't know. These are, oh, these are premiums. You've got to pay for these. So we won't, won't even bother getting you excited about it because who wants to pay for it? Now, um, we've got Airbnb search data reveals that Asian countries, Kiwis are uh, desperate to visit in 2024. Also, I think it was um, Upper Hutt is the most popular destination for Airbnb in New Zealand. I was reading that the other night. Uh, a lifestyle, the surprise group that's having better sex. Oh, yeah, we don't want to know about that. What's wrong with these people? Better sex? Ooh. Sex means male or female anyway. It doesn't mean what you think it means. You don't understand English words. It's like gender. Gender is language. It's got nothing to do with your your um, what sex you are or what you do in the bedroom. Uh, oh, no, it's getting a bit nasty now. World news. Israel faces new calls for a truce after killing uh, of hostages raised alarm. Actually, let's, let's... So where are we now? We're in New Zealand here. Let's go over to the Jerusalem Post because there was something on that. Uh, now, where was that? Now, I did see it. I'll just zoom back uh, because I was... Oh, yes, the IDF soldiers who killed the hostage, they disobeyed orders to hold fire. Former IDF Major General Yakov Amidor, I think that's his name, Amidor, Amidor, it's a funny one, D-R-O-R, Amidor, I would say. He discussed the need to regulate the uh, Israeli Defence Forces open fire policy that's what they've got at the moment just like rip, rip. Uh, but stress the difficulties in urban combat in Gaza where visibility is poor Very dusty wouldn't it all the buildings coming down oh you look there's a picture there and you can't really see very dusty place at the moment IDF soldiers who accidentally shot and killed three hostages held by Hamas in Gaza uh, did so despite being ordered not to shoot a recent investigation by the IDF has revealed speaking to uh, FM radio station F- FM 103, Major General Yakov Amidraw, former National Security Advisor to the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, said his uh, this reflected a need 
to tighten the Israeli Defence Force's open fire policies. Reflecting on his experience in Gaza, Ami Dror expressed discomfort over the fact that people emerged from a half-ruined building waving a white flag but were still gunned down. He emphasised the importance of not passing judgment without understanding the complexity of the situation from an insider's perspective. Ami Dror acknowledged the challenges of coordinating forces in an area where limited visibility often hampers decision-making. Efforts are being made to utilise drones to overcome this issue, but there is no foolproof solution yet. Uh, shifting the focus to negotiations for hostages, Amidraw cautioned against involving the public and family members of the people that have been kidnapped uh, uh, too extensively in the hostage negotiations. Drawing from his involvement in past cases, Army Draw stressed the necessity of keeping certain aspects of negotiations confidential as public exposure can hinder success. So he would know. Uh, while understanding, famili- uh, under- understanding the family's willingness to take action for their loved ones, Army Draw highlighted the limited impact such actions ultimately have. Balancing the family's needs with the need for discretion is crucial, he argued. And there we are. So that is that. And also you've got problems with Hezbollah at the moment. How should Israel be handling Hezbollah on the northern border? So we could just read a paragraph of that to give you a bit of an idea of what we're talking about. Uh, Regarding the situation with Hezbollah in the north, Amidor expressed confidence that both sides do not want war. Oh, that's good to know. I didn't know. I thought they did want war. Uh, He highlighted Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's pivotal decision during the war's initial week to refrain from opening a second front. Amidor emphasized the vigilance exercised by both sides, emphasizing the delicate nature of the situation along the border. There we are. And what else have we got? Anything else? And then we've got that little boy, a freed captive hostage, reenacts captivity uh, in a video, uh, and a plea to bring home the rest of them, I suppose. And tensions in Hamas, a Sinwa, he's one of the leaders, he's furious at the alleged talks with the Palestinian Authority, according to reports. So what does he want? I suppose he just wants everything to continue, does he? So I have a quick look at that. Are you interested in this? It's quite interesting, isn't it? 19 minutes to 6. Um, we've got here, he's furious. What's he furious about? He looks a weirdo. Looks a very strange man. Uh, tensions have been brewing among senior Hamas officials with Sawa Sinwa taking a stance against the talks between the terrorist organization's leaders and officials from the Palestinian Authority, according to Channel 12. They reported that uh, they reported that overnight. This was sparked by recent talks held between top Hamas members, including Ishmael Haniya and Khalid Mashal and the representatives of the Palestinian Authority, President Mahmoud Abbas. These talks focused on preparing for the end of the current Israeli war in Gaza and the possibility of establishing a united Palestinian leadership. There we are. So what's he upset about? I don't know. Uh, oh, we'll read on. Is it, oh, no, we better not read on. We can't just carry on. We'll, we'll move away from Jewish times. So what have we got? The Jerusalem Post, that is. They should have a Jewish Times. Maybe they do. I could look it up. Uh, now, we're, um, we'll be back in a minute, and then we'll, I'll just finish off with... Um, I'll check to see if there's any more news at News Hub. You can find them at newshub.co.nz. For those overseas who don't know what News Hub is, we've got all these funny names. We've got News Hub, Stuff. <laughs> That's a funny one. New Zealand Herald's pretty normal. Uh, so we'll go... Oh, we're at New Zealand Herald, I think, aren't we? 
Are we or not? Yes, we are. We're there. And we'll come back. We'll have a quick look at stuff in a moment. Yes, it's um, 18 minutes to six. I'll be back in a jiffy. Ron, as a flood expert, or more specifically a flood chaser, have you ever seen any fossils formed in the floods you've studied in real time? Uh, Simply no. And I'm not aware of any other people who have found fossils being uh, created this day anywhere around the planet. It might be a microbial fossil or two, but outside that there's simply not enough sediment, not enough volume of sediment, and not coming down as rapidly as needed to completely bury and place the pressure and temperature changes needed for fossilisation. There we go. Isn't that good? Haha. <laughs> okay, we're over at stuff right now, and uh, we're looking at cricket first of all, the white ferns. They're stunned in super over defeat. Uh, yes, the super over defeat. Hmm, over. That's when you, how many overs you have, isn't it? You have so many. How many bowls in an over? Does anybody know? There we are. There's a question for you. You can text me through on 021 How many bowls in an over? <laughs> says he hasn't got a clue. About cricket, apart from being bored, tears watching it. Now, well, the one day's probably all right. Um, you can thank Kerry Packer for that, actually. Mm, he was my hero at one stage there. I'd, not his personal life. I don't know much about his personal life, but the fact that he was so successful. At one stage, Kerry Packer was making 168000 something dollars per minute. <laughs> That's quite a lot of money. Yes, I, and I read a book called The Rise and Rise of Kerry Packer, and that actually encouraged me to get into publishing. I thought, this is amazing, and I was fascinated by it all. And I've always been interested in it, anyway, ever since I was a paper boy and live in for the Chronicle. <laughs> all right. Oh, we've got new chooks today, too. We've got beautiful chooks. Can't remember what they're called. Uh, Lisa bought them out to the farm. When did she bring those out? Yesterday, with my son, who's back from Auckland. And, uh, yeah. Uh, big, massive birds. Boy, they look tasty. <laughs> Keep your eyes off them. But I managed to get our three in with them, which was good. Last night they were just sitting there and I just managed to sneak up on them. One of them was a bit skittish, so I had to sort of open the little trap door, little side door, and let him in, the little blackie, let him in um, without letting the other ones out. But those other big birds, they're so big, I wonder whether they'll actually make it out. I don't know about, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. I might have to leave the door open because there's a rooster amongst them and he's gorgeous. He's a massive bird. I've just forgotten what they're called. Some friends of ours have decided to go uh, on road trip. And, um, yeah, so they're going on an extended road trip. They've bought a beautiful camper van from overseas and they're just going to drive around New Zealand. A lot of people do that, don't they? It's cheaper to drive around, rent the house out, that sort of thing. Um, people are doing that. Um, Paul, Paul Henry gets really upset with them. He said they cl- clog up the road. They're always driving slow. Now, we're over at Stuff, and we're looking at the front page items there. So that's the white ferns where they're over. The hosts were beaten by Pakistan in a dramatic end to the ODI series at Hagley Oval. And newsreader, her name is Oriini Kaipara, she shares a health update. Oh, poor thing. I hope she's all right. The News Hub presenter has explained why she's not been seen on TV screens lately. Oh, I take back everything that I said about your um, barcode. You look absolutely beautiful. You're a beautiful woman. It's such a shame that you put that, you've desecrated your face there. I know. That's just my opinion. I'm entitled to it. Now, football, Phoenix, they return to the A-League Men Summit. A-League Men Summit after the first Monday win. A brace from Costa, Barbarossas, is it? And the one from Bozhida, whatever that, Kariv. Oh, boy, it's a bit, big, long, tricky words. Not not too good for someone that can barely read. <laughs> uh, they put the Phoenix. What's Phoenix? Football, is it? 
Is it what sort of football was that? Phoenix. That's a, I know All Blacks is rugby, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I don't know what Phoenix is. Is that league? Is it? That was on Monday. The hoodoo to bed. What's a hoodoo? And and, and move them top of the table. Oh gosh, sport. Who's got time for sport now in Timaru? We don't take anything too seriously. That's what they say down there. Politically incorrect parade returns. Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, the government's stance on smoking legislation and the Hawke's Bay rugby team provided inspiration for Pleasant Point's unique Christmas parade. Pleasant Point. Good. All right, now we're back to more sports and we're looking at league. Now, I know what that is. I don't know what Phoenix is, but I know what, like, Phoenix, is that, a, is that American? <laughs> no. Sure. Oh, it's A-League. There we are, A-League men summit. A men summit. Oh, okay. Uh, and um, hit like a truck and died with CTE, the tragedy of league cult hero. Oh, oh I better click on that. That doesn't sound too good. Um. Is this what sort of a story is this? Uh, the tragedy of league cult hero Kylie Killer White. That's Killer. That's what they call him. Who hit like a truck. Oh, okay. And died with CTE. Now, I don't even know what CTE is. I'm a bit ignorant, really. What is CTE? Does it say here? Before rugby league cracked down on the kamikaze tackles and high shots, a little bulldog, a little bulldog's player was making his name as the second coming of David Clement Gillespie, Kylie, Kylie Killer White, his name is. He was built like a halfback, but no one dared tell him to uh, to play like one. It didn't matter what number was on his back. He would hunt down some of the game's most feared forwards. Ooh, okay, so that's a rugby story. You can read about that, so I find that a bit boring. Oh, there's a video here. I wonder if that'll play. Oh, he is a big hit. Oh, I see. Oh, yes, he really smashed them. Well, that looks old, though. This is old footage, isn't it? Surely. Bang. Oh, yes, nasty. Yes, I'm, I think they should put a helmet on if they're going to do that. <laughs> it's a bit rough, isn't it? Smacking into each other. I mean, they, the Americans have got the right idea. They don't, um, they don't tolerate any of that nonsense. Oh, now remember that imposter doctor. This is in crime. Um, the Indian fellow, he lied to the court. Remember that? And the judge refused uh, uh, to reduce the uh, jail term. So his name is uh, ya- Yavaraj Kushnan. I remember him. He deceived a high court judge while with a false affidavit and he doc- a doctored letters. I think he pretended he was a doctor, didn't he? They found him out in the end. And it was over something to do with a speeding fine or a parking ticket or something. Two years later, he's asked another judge to reduce his jail time. And in money, insurer told to pay claim for a house burgled after the window was left open. That's um, some people went on holiday. The insurance company that tried to turn down the claim for a burglary because the house window had been left open has been told they have to pay. Good. Now, also in crime, what have we got here? Some dodgy-looking couple. Ridiculous. J.J. Feeney uh, criticises the sentence of a man who shot brother. Ooh, Feeney's brother. He was shot by a man back in 2022, and she feels the sentence handed to the attacker is too weak. wonder how long he got. I'll just quickly on it. Quickly, I'll quickly tell you. Got other things to get through. Oh, the poor man! Did he die? Radio host JJ Fenia's brother, Poole Anderson, was one of three people injured in a shooting at Auckland CBD. Oh, was that the one when that guy 
in Queen Street. Is that the one? Or is that the, um, I don't know, radio host JJ Finney? I don't know who these people are. They say the sentence given to the man who was shot, who shot her brother in an unprovoked and gratuitous attack feels it's ridiculous. Now, 20 year old gunman who has interim name suppression, why are they given that? He was sentenced to five years and seven months. That all on Monday at the Auckland District Court. This is, this is outrageous. Judge Catherine Maxwell, well, you need to be, you need to be struck off. The National Party need to sort you out. You get Winston Peters on the job. Paul Anderson, she's 34. She was one of three people hit by steel pellets from a homemade gun in the early hours of March the 5th, 2022 in central Auckland. He needed surgery to remove the pellets from his face and upper body, including two in his lungs. Nasty. Anderson had been involved in an altercation with the defendant and several other associates, Judge Maxwell said on Monday, when he was hit with multiple pellets as he walked towards the young man. Why would you walk towards him for? Oh, that's a bit crazy. The other victims were two women who were innocent bystanders bystanders to the incident, one receiving extensive wounds to her face. Oh, that's not good, is it, for a woman? Face is pretty important for them to attract somebody. Um, upper body and arms, poor woman. Oh, there, Feeney, who is the witness, he witnessed, she's wit- who witnessed the mental and physical trauma suffered by her younger sibling since the attack told stuff. The guy could have killed three people in that attack. Yes, absolutely could. Anyway, so he didn't get very long. And there they are having a big hug there. She's a chubby checker, that one. Is she the radio announcer? Feeney was unable to see her brother after he was injured as she had COVID. Oh, the fake virus. Oh dear, the lives of... And now this judge, this imposter, yeah, let's look at him. Um, The man who lied to the medical council health bosses and high court judge has failed in his bid to have his prison sentence of three years and seven months reduced. He's been in there for a few months now. 32-year-old deception, the the 32-year-old's deception, extended to lying to the high court judge about his prospects in the medical profession in order to avoid a conviction of a minor car crash. You idiot. After being unmasked, Krishnan admitted 14 charges relating to forging documents in order to deceive health authorities and land jobs as a medical practitioner, and he wasn't even qualified, (laughs) despite having no medical degree or registration. Good grief. And the judge is furious that he got sucked in, I suppose. At sentencing, Judge Neville Dawson said Krishnan's offending had threatened the integrity of the justice and health systems. The public should be able to rely on the health system of New Zealand and not to have concerns about being treated by doctors that are bogus, Judge Dawson said. He gave Christian a 25% discount. What did you do that for? Don't give him anything. That's stupid. You shouldn't give him a discount. Give him more for asking. I'd give him more. Just as well I'm not the boss. If I was the judge, gosh, I'd be tough. I'd be a hard judge. <laughs> you wouldn't get away with half the rubbish. Oh, look at the time. Gosh, sorry, I haven't been telling you a lot because I know some of you lie in bed and listen to me. <laughs> and you need to know what the time is so you can get up. Time to get up now. It's six minutes to six. Six minutes to six. It's time to get up. Put the put the jug on and get yourself a cup of tea going. Get it on the go there. And try, don't have sugar this morning. It's not good for you. You could just What you do is you just wean yourself off. And what you do with sugar is you, don't, you say, look, I'm not going to give up entirely. I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to stop for today. So today I won't have sugar. And then do it again tomorrow and just keep doing that. 
day after day. Anyway, now this is what this Krishnan said. This is what he says. Uh, Krishnan, he's, he, so the judge gave you 25% discount for early guilty. I better hang on before I do anything. I better put TNT radio on very quietly in the background. We've got that Patrick Henningson there, the anti Semite. He's, he's there. They've stopped him doing reports at the end of every news item, which was really good. It was driving me nuts. <laughs> I felt like pre recording everything and cutting off his bit at the end. It's awful, too. So, um, but it was, he was very anti Semitic. He still is. They say they're not, but they are. People say they're not, you know. Uh, anyway, so he, the judge gave him a 25% discount for the early guilty plea. Oh, okay. And a further 5% each for remorse. Good character. He's not remorse. He's acting. He's just an actor. He's an Indian. They tell lots of lies. They do. Indians uh, have a, dis- a pre, they're predisposed for some reason. They tell lies and they cheat. They cheat on their um, exams and stuff like that. And I've heard that from so many lecturers. They just say they can't help themselves. And there's no reason for them to because they're really smart. They're sons of Shem. They've got a high IQ. Anyway, he has good character and a psychiatric report that was suggestive of bipolar, bipolar diagnosis. Oh, don't believe that rubbish. That's nonsense. Uh, you're offending. This is what the judge says. He says, you're offending. I better turn that radio up a bit more. Your offending appears to be driven by a, a distorted sense of self-entitlement. They've all got that. That was, um, and a Walter Mitty, Walter Mitty, what's that? A view of your own life. Oh, Walter Mitty. Oh, I should look that one up. That's probably some, some idiots come up with some idea on, on oh, Walter Mitty. Oh, I, while the news is on, I'll, I'll Google what Walter Mitty means, but I'm sure it's some important, some psychological, some guy that's invented some disorder that's just a fake disorder because people, you just sin, really, isn't it? People can't control themselves. They just want to do bad stuff. So he has this Walter Mitty, whatever that is, view of his own life, Judge Dawson said, referring to the short story and film. Oh, okay, here we go. This is what Walter Mitty is. A, um, a film about a daydreamer who imagines himself as a heroic in a heroic situation. Oh, there, well, that's it. Okay, thanks. Judges help me out of a tight spot. He watches too much TV, Judge. And you're a bit weak, a bit weak. And you should go hard on the Indians, I say. Krishnan, he appealed his sentence, you cheeky boy, uh, to the High Court in Auckland on in November. Well, that was in November when his lawyer Shane Tight. Now, Tight, of course, you've got to argue, don't you? He argued Judge Dawson's sentence was too high. It's only three and a half years, and it failed to give enough credit to Krishnan's psychiatric and cultural report. What cultural report? What? Although all Indians tell lies, <laughs> they can't help themselves. It's a sport for them. It is all about survival over there. Gosh, you know, and then they come over here and they carry on the same way. Tate said, rather than being a Walter Mitty character, Krishnan was an unwell man. Oh, I don't know. There he is there. And what have you, we've got someone else that's in court that did the same thing. Another Indian. They're just naughty people, aren't they? Just naughty. Not all of them. We've got some good ones. We've got Jaspreet Bhopari. She's wonderful. You know, she's a, she, she's come from a very good family, though. Well, well, a well-to-do family, and uh, she's a hard-working farmer in Southland. But the majority, and she'd have to agree with me, uh, even though we are friendly, um, but Jaspreet and I, uh, she would have to agree that the Indians do have a a um, a sort of proclivity to um, well being a bit um, telling fibs, and also um, what else do they do? Uh, they tend to cheat <laughs> on exams and stuff like that. I wouldn't trust them as far as I could chuck them, frankly. Uh, it's a general generalisation there. Just generally speaking, 
that would be the case. And um, I can remember once I went to a Sikh. I went my doctor to, he invited me to a Sikh temple. He's a Sikh. You know the ones that wear the turban. You know the long hair is quite re- terrible. If they ever if it ever fell off, you'd be shocked how long the hair is. It's never cut from a little boy. And um, so we went along to the Sikh temple in um, South Auckland, and um, it was raining. It was a rainy day, and we all went in. You know, took the kids, the kids and the wife. You know, the whole entourage. All the wives <laughs> trailed them in and we all had to sit on the floor which was a bit disgusting it wasn't terribly clean and you eat food on the floor with your hands you know with your fingers it's a bit yucky sitting down right down as low as you can get isn't it like a table would be good keep, at least you get up off the dirt <laughs> off the dirty filthy floor but anyway when we came out we were looking for our umbrella and someone had pinched it and it was it's quite a it was obvious that it wasn't theirs because it was an extraordinary a bit different, a little bit different umbrella. I don't know if we had polka dots or something, I don't know, but it was different. It was gone. And so they're thieving hounds. There you go. So even the religious ones, you know, even the Sikhs can't help themselves, can they? And those Sikhs, they're a bit violent too. They're not as, uh, I always thought they were the lovely ones and the Muslim Indians who were the bad ones. Uh, but the Sikhs, they can be a bit nasty too. They're a bit, a bit aggressive. Now, uh, we do have news coming up, so I should just be careful that I don't talk all the way through it. So that's that story there, and I can't remember where we were. Were we at stuff? We were. We were talking. That's why I clicked on it, made the mistake of clicking on it, and now I'm talking about it. I better not go too long. That's that imposter doctor. Yeah, that's that's the one there. Uh, inside New Zealand's oldest boarding school. Oh, I wonder what that would be. Where would that be? Christchurch, I suppose. Windows are boarded, and the painting is pe- the paint is peeling off. And there's lots to be done on the derelict institution before it's ready to reopen. Oh, they're going to reopen it. Wonder where it is. Let's have a look. This has just come through this morning. St. Stephen's. Oh, okay. Now, who went there? A friend of mine I used to work with went to St. Stephen's College. That's a Roman Catholic one, isn't it, St. Stephen's? So um, St. Stephen's School, also called Tikura Otipani, opened in 1848 and was closed around 150 years later amid bullying allegations and... Performance concerns, beautiful building, uh, but its community never gave up. After two decades of advocacy from alumni, or alumni, the school is finally getting ready to reopen. And uh, so stuff, they got to have a sneak preview inside St. Stephen's iconic buildings ahead of its makeover. So that's good, isn't it? Um, so, okay, we're now going to cross. I think it's the Maori boys, isn't it? Yeah, because it was a Maori guy that I work with in radio. He was involved. Uh, he went to St. Stephen's. Okay, so here's TNT Radio News at 6 o'clock. Live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Israeli forces discovered a large tunnel built by Hamas, stretching from Gaza to the border with Israel. This tunnel, reinforced with concrete and iron girders, was designed to transport groups of terrorists and extend to a depth of 50 meters, with dimensions of 3 meters in height and width. The tunnel's total length was approximately four kilometers, potentially reaching northern Gaza City. It was found near the Erez border crossing, an area Hamas had overrun during their attack on October 7th. The Israeli military emphasized this tunnel as the largest they had found in Gaza, and it was specifically intended to target the Erez crossing. However, it's not been specified whether this tunnel was utilized in the October 7th attack. According to former Ukrainian ambassador to the UK, Vadim Bershaiko, British military leaders are discreetly preparing plans to deploy troops to Ukraine if the conflict with Russia escalates significantly. In an interview with Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty's Ukrainian service, Bershaiko indicated that the UK might directly intervene in the Ukrainian conflict in the event of a severe deterioration, 
such as an ongoing occupation by Russian forces. He suggested that the possibility of such military deployments is a closely guarded matter among Ukraine's Western allies, with politicians typically denying any plans for direct intervention, preferring instead to provide support in other forms. Ukrainian Marines have expressed frustration and distress regarding orders to conduct what they describe as highly risky and potentially fatal assaults across the Dnieper River in the southern Kherson region, leading to substantial losses. This grim situation starkly contrasts with the more positive narrative presented by Ukrainian leaders, including President Vladimir Zelensky. The New York Times reported these details, sharing first-hand accounts from several soldiers involved in these dangerous operations. Described as brutalizing and futile, these attacks often result in Ukrainian troops being severely hit on the riverbanks or while in the water, frequently failing to reach the other side. Despite commanders generally declining media requests for access, drone footage of the regions corroborated the soldiers' harrowing descriptions. Russian President Vladimir Putin has expressed concerns about escalating tensions with Finland, following its decision to strengthen ties with the United States and join NATO. Finland, which recently closed most of its border crossings with Russia, accused Russia of facilitating the movement of asylum seekers across the border. The situation intensified when Finland prepared to sign a defense agreement with the U.S. earlier this week. In a recent interview on Russia State TV, Putin attributed the strained relations to Western influence, accusing them of compelling Finland to join the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Finland officially became the 31st member of NATO in April, following the outbreak of the Ukraine conflict. Earthquakes Canada says a 4.9 magnitude earthquake was recorded on December 17th afternoon, and public reports poured in from hundreds of kilometers away from the event's epicenter. John Cassidy, a seismologist with Natural Resources Canada, says people over a very wide region in the province have reported feeling the earthquake, which hit just before 3.30 in the afternoon. Mr. Cassidy says the quake was felt by people across northern and central Vancouver Island and more than 350 kilometers from the quake's epicenter. He says it hit a remote region about 222 kilometers north-northwest of Vancouver. Russian oil firms have increased shipments of ESPO, Eastern Siberia Pacific Ocean-grade crude oil, to China via the Kosmino port, reaching a record level of 925,000 barrels per day in December based on tracking data. Around 85% of these exports are destined for China, according to data from energy analytics firm Kepler. This growth in ESPO oil exports is attributed to higher railway deliveries. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. This has been James O'Neill for TNT Radio. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually 9 out of 10 Americans, that's real. That's substantive. That's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Okie doke, that's the place to go. It's five minutes past six and you're tuned in to, well, clicked in to the, because we don't do any FM uh, these days. Got the transmitter here, but, oh, I don't know, it all costs money, doesn't it? Oh, and also I had an engineer, this is one of those, what they call a spectrum engineer, engineer and he um he just went went dog on me <laughs> he just stopped returning my emails so i um, maybe they did a search on grant edwards 
and realize, oh, we're not having him on the radio, so we'll just stick with it. I quite enjoy this. It's much easier because it's a bit of a fiddle, actually, a lot, a lot of a lot of power you need too in you know, living off-grid as well. Uh, you need a lot of power to get that transmitter working, all sorts of comp- compressor limiters and all big machinery <laughs> that you need, gear, digging out some stuff that we had sort of years ago. We first started the wireless radio, the country radio station in 2007, actually, in a place called St. Helier's. Uh, that's uh, in Auckland, St. Helier's there along, along Tamaki Drive. Uh, yeah, we did anyway, and it was quite good. Uh, the wireless, the good old wireless, and we sort of t- was toying with the idea of changing it to Liberty NZ because that's our podcast, and that was started a couple of years ago now, the podcast. Um, and then I thought, well, oh, what about Liberty NZ on the wireless? But it is a bit long, isn't it? So I don't know, thinking about something else. What about a good name? Think of a name for the, for, for the music radio station. Should it just be the wireless? Because someone else has started up and calling themselves the wireless now too, which is a bit of a nuisance. Um, but, you know, they, I suppose they're entitled. I don't mind if they do, because we're quite different to what they play. Um, don't know where they got the idea from. <laughs> Probably someone, someone that I was having meetings with told them. Mm, yeah, it, it, it actually probably is exactly what happened. Uh, anyway, let's look at weather. It is um, seven minutes past six, seven minutes past six already. Goodness gracious, the um, the extreme temperatures of Auckland and Manukau is still just 19 degrees. I thought it would be higher. Um, it's cooled off a bit. Twizel's now the lowest, nine, uh, eight, sorry, ugh, four. It was 8.9, and I think it was um, Marama. Now it's Twizel, 4.6 degrees. Windiest place is still the Port Hills in Christchurch with 30 kilometres per hour, not much wind there. And Gisborne now is overtaken Whangarei. Whangarei had, I think, 1.8 millimetres of rain an hour ago, and now Gisborne has a millimetre of rain falling, so it's eased off in Rotorua. Temperatures across the main city remain pretty much the same as they were before. Did I say the main city? The main centres. Uh, Stewart Island's on 13 degrees, which is pretty warm, really, when you consider that Invercargill's 6 degrees. Dunedin's also on 13, along with Stewart Island. Uh, Timaru's on 12, Christchurch 15, and Blenheim's on 10. Out to the Chathams, 12 degrees there, back to the central down south there, just uh, the northern part of Southland, Otago, I suppose you'd call it. Queenstown, 8 degrees. France Joseph on the west coast also has 8 degrees today. 8 degrees Celsius, and Westport's on 10 degrees, and Nelson, they have 15 degrees. Moving up to the North Island and the bottom of the North Island, Wellington and Masterton are both battling it out for um, temperatures today. They've both got 14 degrees. Napier has 17 degrees. Palmerston North, 16. New Plymouth is 15, along with Tarpo and Rotorua. Gisborne has 17, along with uh, Hamilton. Uh, Tauranga's on 18 degrees, Auckland 19, and Whangarei and Kaitaia are both on 18 degrees. The short forecast for Northland, Auckland, Waikato, uh, Coromandel and the Bay of Plenty, mostly cloudy with isolated showers but fine breaks increasing this evening. For Gisborne and Hawke's Bay, mostly cloudy, scattered showers especially about the ranges where some may be heavy this afternoon. For Waitomo to Wellington, including the central high country and Wairarapa, Morning cloud breaking to fine, however, cloud returning this evening from Taihapi southwards. For Buller, Nelson, Marlborough and Canterbury, areas of morning cloud, otherwise fine. For Westland, Otago, Southland and Clutha, mainly fine, but areas of low cloud about North Otago and Dunedin this morning, and again from late evening. For uh, Fjordland, cloudy periods. Um, I try to get through the weather without making a mistake. I just can't do it. I just It's like I'm programmed to make a mistake. Uh, Fjordland, cloudy periods, and the Chatham Islands, you've 
It's becoming fine there for you this morning. The extended forecast for Wednesday in the North Island, mainly fine weather, but isolated showers in the north and central North Island. In the South Island tomorrow, fine weather, mostly uh, mostly fine, uh, but you've got rain developing in Fjordland and Southland, Westland. Southern Westland, and uh, a few showers about Southland and Clutha. Can't even remember where Clutha is. Uh, Thursday for the North Island, mainly fine, but isolated showers in the north and the Bay of Plenty and the South Island on Thursday. You have rain in Fiordland, Westland and Southland clearing. Fine spells elsewhere, but isolated showers inland. Friday for the North Island, fine weather, fine to start. And then you've got a few showers developing, especially in the east. South Island showers mainly in the south and west. And the long range for the Chatham Islands, you get a good one, don't you? You've got cloudy periods, northerlies, changing to southwesterlies later on Thursday. And that's it for you. And there we are, sticky week for some. Oh, yes, it is too, isn't it? It's a very sticky week. Um, how about a nice country song and then we'll, we'll go back and have a look at the news. We'll do a country song in just a moment. How about that? It is um, 11 minutes past, I think. Yes, 11 minutes past six. From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Missing persons. Missing persons. Missing persons. My wife is missing. Your wife is missing. My wife is missing. When did you last see her? Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Where's your TV, sir? The bedroom. Have you looked in the bedroom, sir? Uh, no. She's probably watching Madlock. Madlock is on at four o'clock? Every weekday at four on Channel 2. Go check your bedroom, sir. I'll wait. Okay. Oh, that goes on forever and ever. Now let's get to it. Let's get to it and play a good old country song. Hey, you want to hear some of fake canoe? Well, it goes like this. Oh, the world is run by the Illuminati, baby. They own the banks and the paparazzi, baby. Politicians in the pocket of a global elite. The Vatican's a Luciferian cult They live forever drinking baby's blood They brainwash pop stars, send them to the Super Bowl Agenda 21 is the long-term goal Just a little population control Billy Gates said it on the YouTube video And David Bowie is still alive He's Jack Stephen and he's gonna survive In a town underground they've been building on the down low for years I'm telling you, Margarita this place is really bringing me down And if you kids don't stop your fighting I'm gonna turn this world around We've been going to Mars 50 years I got a pyramid there and a Simpsons Sears And Oakland knows those anomaly shows I got it down And there's a secret space program NASA, you know that stands but never a straight answer, man, it's all a sham And Alex Jones is really Bill Hicks Herculibus and Nibiru, Planet X Are on the way, so you better hug your kids or you can Because the Earth is flat, we never went to the moon Which, by the way, is like a hollow balloon Because it's a makeshift spaceship from eons ago I'm telling you, Margarita This place is really bringing me down Don't stop your fighting I'm gonna turn This world around 
Every big country is a corporation. Everybody's gotta get a vaccination. Chemical trails in the sky, nanotech AI. And of course, 9-11 was an inside job. Al-Qaeda, a product of the global mob. Bin Laden, living a good life on a tropical isle. And there are no weapons of mass destruction. But Cheney made good in the reconstruction. And we're all being lied to, spied on, 1984. But we all watch baseball, football, hockey. And look away from the Anunnaki. As the generals laugh in the walkie-talkies all day. I'm telling you, Margarita. Turn this world around And we're all gonna go back home Illuminati Illuminati A paparazzi A maserati A high karate Illuminati 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 Illuminati. There is Jeep Jones. That's his name. Jeep Jones. Illuminati. 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 Yes. 15 minutes past six. Thanks That's for right. joining me. Oh. Still going. Fake news. Fake news. Sounds Italian, doesn't he? Yeah. Anyway, let's check out, see what's happened on this day in history. The 19th of December. If you are having a birthday today, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I should get, I should do that. I mean, if I was really organized, if I wasn't a farmer all day, and I had time to plan, I could do an amazing radio program, I reckon. I could. I could have all sorts of sound effects and things, you know, play the, we could do birthday calls. We could do candid phone calls and stuff like that. That would be fun, ring people up. Uh, yeah, can I? Is that you, Mrs. Jones? Oh, yes, that's me, Mrs. Jones. I, is it? Yeah, I think, I, well, my name's Charlie Jones, and I think we might be related. Oh, I don't think so. I don't know any Charlie. Yeah, uh, anyway, excuse me. I just had a pie at the, I'm at the Thai Happy. I'm at the Thai Happy Railway Station, and I was wondering. Yeah, I was just got to get into character. Hang on. I was just wondering if if you could pick me up at the at the railway station. And she goes, Oh no, I've got to get the children off to school. Oh yeah, well, uh, how about a, a reference? Because uh, it's a bit hard getting a job. Um, when you haven't got a reference, <laughs> I can't keep a straight face. I can't stay in character. I used to do this one. I've done it before. Um, yeah, that's right. Is that you, Mrs. Jones? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that, now I've gone into Digger. That's another one I used to do. Ah, uh, uh, hang on. Yeah, no, that's right. No, oh, hang on. Let me find that character. You've got to think of it in your mind, don't you? John Ansel's brilliant at this. Um, yes. How about a reference, seeing as we might be related? Yes, oh. I don't know about that. I can't do her voice. I can do him. I'll just do him. And then he goes, um, uh, that's right. Uh, uh, I don't know. I've lost track. Anyway, I used to do character. I used to be good at that. Ow. Oh, let me put my shoulder out. <laughs> I'm getting old. It's 17 minutes past seven. Anyway, the whole the wheels have fallen off the program. Let's get back to the program. And we're at New Zealand History. And you can find them at nzhistory.gov.nz. And I'll practice my character voices and maybe next year I might do something different when I retire from farming. And the way the shoulder just felt then, I don't know how that happened. I have to build up my muscles, do more exercise. Now, we're over looking at the, um, yes, what happened on this day in history. And in 1843, the first Auckland 
A&P, that's Alpha Papa Show. That's called an agricultural and pastoral show that was celebrating the excellence in agriculture and animal husbandry. It became the annual event in the communities around New Zealand. Other uh, events that happened on this day in 1879, universal male suffrage, you wouldn't believe it, would you? It was introduced. Uh, a qualification of Electors Act extended the right to vote. The franchise, they call it, to all European men aged 21 and over. Now, that age 21 is a biblical age. Yes, now remember that, 21, that's when you become a man. Up, up until then, you're not a man. Um, but anyway, um, now I'm going to zoom in on that one. We'll zoom in and we're going to click on it. Oh, there's all, actually, there's other things here I've missed as well. Hang on, before I do go to that, go back, background. Uh, in 1941, HMS Neptune lost in Mediterranean minefield. I didn't actually see that. Uh, in New Zealand's worst naval tragedy, the Royal New Navy cruiser HMS Neptune struck enemy mines and sank off Libya. Uh, of the 764 men who lost their lives, 150 were New Zealanders. Oh, that's a very... Sad story. Now, this universal uh, male suffrage, now I didn't know what, what that was, but let's find out uh, what that's all about. And there's a nice photograph there from the Turnbull Library. It's Election Day in Masterton. Uh, that's where, and John Ansell, of course, my friend John Ansell, he used to go to Masterton Boys, I believe. Now, this, was in, this photograph was taken in 1887. Now, this is how it all works. This is this universal male suffrage introduced in 18. 79. Uh, the Qualification of Electors Act extended the right to vote, the franchise, in brackets, to all European men aged 21 and over, regardless of whether they owned or rented property. The reform known as universal male suffrage, or at the time as manhood suffrage, they called it, helped transform New Zealand politics in the late 19th century. In New Zealand, as in Britain, the franchise was initially based on the possession of property. By the 1870s, electoral reformers like William Reynolds were arguing that all men, with some exceptions such as criminals and aliens, oh, aliens, no, not those aliens, not the ones that come from outer space, it's the ones that are here illegally, illegal aliens, you know, illegal immigrants. They deserve the right to vote. Anyway, apart from the aliens and the criminals. Uh, by 1876, piecemeal reform efforts were created. Uh, they had created a bewildering range of different franchises for freeholders, leaseholders, householders, gold miners, gold diggers, lodgers, ratepayers and Maori. Maori men had been granted universal suffrage in 1867, so they got it earlier and they could vote in four special Maori seats. There seemed to be a majority support in Parliament for a simple manhood suffrage, but further action was delayed by the unusable, uh, un rather unstable, I don't know how I got unusable, unstable political scene of the late 1870s. In 1878, two rival bills were introduced, one by Robert Stout, Stout, yes, Stout, S-T-O-U-T, Robert Stout, he was the young Attorney General in St. George Gray's government, you know, Governor Gray had that place up in Mansion House up there at Kawa Island, we used to visit all the time with the kids, we used to love it, we used to love it. And uh, anyway, so that was him, uh, Robert Stout, and um, also his predecessor, Frederick Whitaker. I suppose that's Whitaker's chocolates, is it? Bet it is. Peanut slab. <laughs> um, uh, then in opposition. Now, Whitaker's radical bill 
It proposed proportional representation allowing Maori seats on a per capita basis and it failed to gain support. The government bill stalled in the Legislative Council, the Upper House that is, and it was eventually abandoned. Gray's government was soon defeated and a new election held. In October 1879, John Hall formed a new government and Whitaker returned to Cabinet. His new qualification of ele- a qualification of electors bill granted the vote to all adult male aged uh, that's European male and it would be British as well. I don't know why they say we're all European. We're not. We're British. I'm British. I'm not blooming European. I didn't come from Europe. My family came from the United Kingdom, I'll have you know. So anyway, that's what they mean. European and British, I'll put, males after 12 months of residence in New Zealand and six months in an electorate. So you've got to be in one place and stay there put before you can vote there. I think that's fair enough. They should bring that back. Because they're moving away from all that, aren't they? Uh, Anyway, this was uh, comfortably passed on the 19th of December. The next election, or the next one, came out on the 9th of December 1881 and was the first held under the new franchise and also the first in which voting in all the European electorates took place on the same day. We're European, we know what you mean. Manhood suffrage had an immediate impact. In 1879, there were 82,271 registered voters, about 71% of the adult male British and European population. In 1881, there were 120,972, which was 91%. The character of Parliament also began to change as more working men were elected in the 1880s and 1890s. So there we are. Isn't that, isn't that fascinating? I thought, I thought that was amazing. Suffrage. And you know what I believe? I believe that God gives us all an opportunity to repent up until the age of 21. And I've, I was given that. And I think I've told you before. I have. I've definitely told you before. John McClone. He's my, um, my uh, friend and acquaintance from, uh, I haven't actually met him. <laughs> We've spoken online. Um, we did, used to do quite a bit together. But he's a, a, a street preacher from Kentucky and he's a former um, he's a former uh, U.S. Navy navigator, and um, yes, so he told me about that, and he showed me some verses, and I will bring, I will, I, I just don't have time to do a lot of preparation, I'm sorry, I, I basically just I climb out of bed, <laughs> put the kettle on, and then I get in here, and I'm half asleep, and um, can barely read a sentence, and, I'm, and I just go through the news with you. It's basically just how to have a look at the newspaper together. It's really it's what, it's what we're doing, isn't it? That's what we're doing. And, uh, and having a bit of fun with it. 25 minutes past six, and uh, I'll be back with some more interesting little uh, bits and pieces in just a moment. Now, if I could just find that turn, where are you? Turn table here. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so this is Joe Swanson from the Springfield Precinct. Yeah. Uh, you filed a missing person report yesterday? Yeah, the wife went shopping, uh, never heard from her, haven't seen her since, I don't know, yesterday. Alright, I'm gonna have you describe her build type for me. Um, that's really hard to say, I don't really remember, I guess. Okay, what about her eye color? Uh, you know, I never really looked at that. Her weight? Ooh, I mean, that kind of goes up and down, you know, I hate to really (laughs) make a guess on that, so I'm gonna say I don't know. Hair color? Oh, well, you know, she dyes it a lot of different colors, so I can't remember what it is right now. I don't I don't know. Was she driving? Yes. Okay, can you describe the make and model of the vehicle for me? Sure. 
She was driving a black Audi A8 with supercharged 3-liter V6 engine generating 333 horsepower team with an 8-speed Tiptronic automatic transmission with manual mode and a black stripe on the hood. <laughs> 26 minutes past six. Well, he certainly knows all about cars, doesn't he? Now, I'm over at Mark Spring here looking at him, and he's there's an article here uh, that Stephen Joyce has written, Steve Joyce, on pointing and calling it like it is. This is an opinion piece. Uh, it's enough to make you cry. Someone who had the opportunity to help with building some significant infrastructure would be Steve Joyce. So let's uh, check that out just uh, quickly. Um, it's, yes, uh, enough to make you cry. The opportunity to help with building some significant infrastructure in broadband, roading and rail during the term of the key English government watching what has since happened in this country has been so destroying, truly soul-destroying. Billions of dollars has been frittered away and and so much time and opportunity have been wasted, according to Steve Joyce. Uh, Our reputation for building things is in the toilet and we have gone from being a place that could procure some decent kit at a reasonable price to the story of churning plans, uh, blown budgets, constant restructuring and an appalling lack of delivery, all in six years. Surely the news of the past two weeks means anything vestigial, vestigial, uh, reputation of fiscal competence, the sixth Labour government has had shredded on its track record with infrastructure alone. The Auditor-General's report on the $15 billion New Zealand upgrade and the shovel-ready programmes was scathing. It now also transpires that the Treasury derided the most recent transport spending plans in the run-up to the election as unfunded and undeliverable. Then there are some revelations about the state of Kiwi Rail's inter-island ferry replacement program. How could any government preside over such a slow-moving train wreck for so long? The inter-island ferry decision was the wrong one from the start. As Finance Minister in the 2017, this is Steve Joyce, uh, I, I clearly recall being advised that rail-enabled ferries would be a big expensive mistake in this day and age. All over the world, they were, they were being retired and virtually nobody was building new ones. The market had long since voted with its feet and we were too. Uh, interestingly, at that time, Kiwi Rail agreed. The only fiscal responsibility, responsible move was to was roll on, roll off ferries. That's where they just drive the truck on and drive it off again, I suppose, no rail, which do a fine job of shifting freight and people between islands and continents all around the world. With most freight now in containers, uh, getting it from shore to ship and ship to shore is simply and easy is simple rather and easy in 2017 it made no sense for new zealand to be the last country in the world to build ferries with train tracks on them however the ardern government knew better as they claimed in so many areas one thing that united the new coalition partners was a nostalgic love for all things heavy rail they shifted uh, swiftly rather sent the message to Kiwi Rail that they wanted rail enabled ferries and would pay for them. Never mind that four of the five current ships on the strait are not all rail enabled and have no need to be. It was time to go back to the future. The rest of the world was wrong, according to the Labour Party. Kiwi Rail said thanks very much and proceeded to do 
what any organisation would do, given a benevolent funder with a huge checkbook. They designed, uh, yeah, they designed huge new ferries, rail-enabled, and new terminals which could accommodate them. All things which not coincident, uh, all things which not coincidentally would give them a leg up over the other competitors who couldn't access the same. Uh, largis, yes, that's. Uh, no, I didn't know what that word means. What does it mean? It's sort of like when you're given a whole heap of money. Yeah, uh, they would spare no taxpayer expense, and they didn't. It's uh, absolutely no surprise then that the cost has blown out from $775 million to $3 billion. We're just talking Pacific pesos here, New Zealand dollars, and just five years. And all this for an inter-islander operation that had revenue of just $151 million in the last financial year and a surplus of 12 million. Of course, if it, has just, if it was just the fairy story alone, perhaps Ardern, Robertson and Hipkins could be forgiven. But the same theme repeated in almost everything they touched in infrastructure. It's hard to understand how they could be so prolificate. Proliferate, uh, yet also so ineffective. Other Labour governments have had a reputation for big spending, but they haven't been this bad. I think it comes down to four things. First, Ardern and Co. Uh, wanted to be transformative. They didn't have well-developed plans, but they knew they didn't want to do ordinary things. The first announcement Jacinda Ardern made as leader was light rail to Auckland Airport. It was an underdeveloped idea and there wasn't any real demand for it or any idea of how much it would really cost, but it was different and new and that was enough. Second, they believed that they had a mandate to spend money, particularly as a result of the pandemic during COVID-19. Lots of governments opened the spending spigots and these guys truly drank the Kool-Aid. Big government was back, interest rates were low, who should uh, borrow more and more? And rather, they, should, they said that you should borrow more and more. Um, a bike bridge to Birkenhead, no worries. Light rail in Wellington, absolutely. Rainbows and unicorns for everybody. Third, they had no idea how to execute and no willingness to trust the private sector in any way to execute and make trade-offs for them. Their deep suspicion of anyone who didn't work for the public sector is now legendary across so many fields. But it, in particular, uh, it bit them in the backside on infrastructure, a field where most of the expertise the world over is in the private sector. The and fourthly, they were obsessed with restructuring and centralising everything, often for no rhyme or reason beyond leaving their mark. Well, I know why. It's all communist rubbish. That's what I think. Uh, they, were they were obsessive about their legacy rather than just doing things that work for the people who put them into office in the first place. Ironically, as a result, their legacy will be tiny. And so we have wasted so much time and so much money. Just think what roads and pipes and hospitals that we could have built with the money that slipped through the government's fingers that uh, over that wasted six years. As I say, soul-destroying. Still, that is all behind us now. The new government won't be perfect, of course. No government is. But already it seems to have a refreshing understanding of the value of a dollar and a realisation that the money they get to play with 
It comes from hard-working incomes of Kiwis across the country. Ministers are killing off some poorly thought-out infrastructure projects and poorly thought-out restructuring, and that's good. Better than throwing good money after bad, which is what Brian Tracy says. If you've got a bad idea, cut your losses and get out of it. And that's what this government are doing because these people are obviously more business orientated. And now none of it is before time. This week's uh, anemic GDP print shows uh, us what happened. What happens if you stop focusing on the economy or investing wisely for growth? The infrastructure we built over the next few years needs to be clearly dedicated to helping the country grow faster and build in our prosperity rather. Uh, that will require a laser focus on choosing the right projects, funding them and managing them carefully. Six years of spraying money around on fanciful ideas needs to be put behind us. The signs are that they are finally, uh, they finally will be put behind us. So there we are. That's um, a story put together by Mark Spring. You can catch him over at markspring.com. It's Mark without a K. It's got a C there instead. And uh, other stories from Mark Spring. 33 years with yesterday's drop in the GDP. This means the last time an outgoing Labour government left their success, a successor, a growing economy was 33 years ago. We'll just have a quick look. It's only a short one. Now it says here, with yesterday's drop in the GDP, this means that the last time an outgoing Labour government left their successor, a growing economy, was in 1990. Says it all really, doesn't it? Says Mark Spring. Should we be surprised? Not at all. Ardern should have been stripped of her damehood by now. She and her team are destroyers of New Zealand. And I would I have to agree, absolutely. I had the pleasure of growing up in America before the lawyers took it over and ruined it on us. In my day, if a kid fell off the monkey bars and chipped a bone in his arm, that was tragic, but it was funny to the rest of us. You know? it certainly wasn't reasons to take the monkey bars off the playgrounds. We all did dumb things. That's how you learn not to do dumb things. C.S. Lewis said suffering was God's megaphone. That's right. You do dumb things, it hurts, and then you learn not to do it. I'll give you an example. When I was 12, someone told me to get a ball jar, a canning jar. Find some dry ice, put it in the jar, put the lid on it. So I said, what's going to happen? They said, it's going to blow up. And I said, cool. Where do I get dry ice at? And they said, the ice cream man. So one day I heard the ice cream man coming down my street. I run out with one of my mother's canning jars, and I ask, you got any dry ice? He said, what's going to do with it? I said, I'm going to put it in this jar, I'm going to put the lid on it, and it's going to explode. Ice cream man says, oh, here's your dry ice. That's the America I grew up in. 24 minutes to 7. He's a funny man. What's his name now? I can't remember. I have to have go over to history and just tell you who he is. Uh, my body, my... No, that's global warming alarm. What? Global warming alarm? That didn't play last. Maybe... Oh, I know what's happened to that. Oh, let's have a listen to this. And then I'll bring you some news about the Prime Minister. Um, Christopher Luxon's on his way to Australia today on a um, clapped out in New Zealand. Not in New Zealand. It's. I think it's... I think they look after it in New Zealand, but it's a military one. You imagine that we live in an age of reason. And the global warming alarm is dressed up as science, but it's not science. It's Oh, I know why that's played. I wasn't looking under history. I was looking under the library. Hey, that's good, though. I'll bring that up. We'll play that in a minute. And also, don't let me forget, I want you to hear Rosa Corey. She talks about the agenda for the 21st century. Very important. That's, why, that's where all your money's going. 
That's why the roads aren't being fixed and the rubbish is not being collected. And they're talking about two weekly pickups instead of weekly pickups of rubbish in some places. And that's why the rates are going through the roof because they're diverting your funds. They've been doing it well before COVID. They're diverting your funds, uh, the council, your tax that you pay, your rates into black ops. They're putting it into, um, uh, and Rosa Corey will tell you what they're putting it into, but they're, they're putting it into things like, um, um, I don't know a chessboard or something, you know, in the in the in the street that you know man a live a man sized one, you know, where you can you move these big pieces. They're doing stupid things, really. They're basically getting you used to the whole idea of smart cities, and that's what those little purple cycles are about. They have them dotted all around the place, aren't they? Those little the electric scooters. Those are there to get you used to the idea of getting around on scooters. Because that's all, that'll be rich people have scooters, the rest of us will be walking around, living in smart cities, 5, 10, 15, and 20 minutes away from work. And if you go outside, I think they'll start off with just taxing you. But of course, no one will be able to afford to pay any of the tax, they won't be able to leave home. So it'll be be like living in a chicken coop. (laughs) That's what it'll be like. We cooped up in a smart building, and uh, all the farmers, they'll be forced into it as well. Uh, certainly their children will uh, because, and they're doing that by by bringing in new rules like for example um, we'll just look at my cows up there on the hill I better move them today they'll be running out of grass but so you sit where they are up on the hill there it's more than 25 degrees you won't be able to put them up there uh, and because they've, they've got new rules coming up and apparently up in Northland 40% of the farms up there are more than 25 degrees angle um, slope and so they won't be able to farm them without resource consent. Now, how dare they do that on your own land? But this is what they're doing. These all, They want to force farmers out of business, and it's just going to be owned by the millionaires. And that's why people like Bill Gates have gone around. I think he owns 179,000 acres of land in 19 different states in the United States. He's buying up all this land, and um, he'll be buying even more as more and more farmers with regulation are forced off the land but for some reason these rich billionaires who are going to be part of the last probably half a billion people that are left on earth after they've killed us all off with their boosters (laughs) get your booster today winter's coming and all that fake rubbish that they're telling us about there won't be anybody left we'll all be dead but that's why you've got to be a christian that's why you should take your bible seriously because if you read the back of it it says that our savior wins uh, Jesus Christ, he's the winner. He beats the he beats the devil, the false prophet, which is probably going to be the Roman Catholic um, Pope, uh, and he also beats the Antichrist, who's go- going to be the probably will be the European world leader. So he beats them all. So they have a bit of a chance, as Barry Smith said, they have a a bit of a chance at running the world for a very short period, not very long, maybe seven years max, and then Jesus returns and sets up his theocracy, and it's going to be wonderful then. Uh, there'll be no <laughs> oh, the only trouble is not so good for the gay boys though. Uh, they won't like it because there'll be no homosexuality. And uh, if you just got, if you just read Romans chapter eleven, it's in the New Testament: Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Uh, it's it, chapter one tells you all about <laughs> why why God's not happy with that. He doesn't like men with men and women with women. But of course, you know, we we always want to do something that um that uh, we shouldn't be doing. Now, uh, let's uh, let, I'll just play something. What am I going to play? I had something here lined up for you. Oh, we had that. Oh yes! Now have a listen to this. This is great. And then I'll I'll have a skitter through the news, and I'll just decide what I'm going to bring you next. It's a love song uh, for people who have been in. Oh, by the way, it is um, 19 minutes to seven. Love a long time, as opposed to people who have first met, which are most love songs. Get kind of tedious when you're listening to them if you're in a long-term relationship. 
Even when you meet your friend and he's telling you about how wonderful this girl is and they've met and she's the one for me and she's so much fun and he really listens, understands me. And you're going, yeah, we know, we know. It's called love. You'll get over it. <laughs> and when you do, come back to me then and we'll see how wonderful she is. So this is a love song for people who have been together for a long time. It's got a little bit of a country feel. Here we go. Being with you is like being alone, except you're here. Because we don't talk anymore. Thank God. Sometimes you talk to me when we're watching TV But I don't listen It's not that I don't love you It's just hard to keep up that level of enthusiasm But I'd like to thank you for doing all my washing You're really good at tidying up There's no way I could have done all that ironing And I love it when you shut up But when your friends come over they don't realize that there is two of you. One of them is nice, while the other one is a psycho. So I had to edit that one out. That was yeah, One of them was a beep, beep and yeah. So I had to edit, and oh, it was very embarrassing. It had the F word in it. Oh, we don't do the F word around here. Definitely not. 16 minutes to 7 here at Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards. And I'm at Radio New Zealand. It's uh, You'll find them at rnz.co.nz. And the heading is Christopher Lux and Anthony Albanese to discuss defence and security at the first official meeting. Now, our Luxon is uh, Prime Minister. Prime Minister Luxon is off today. Better be respectful. He is off to Australia on the aeroplane. On the big bird in the sky, our Prime Minister, he said that he's committed to prioritising defence and security in his first discussions with the Australian opposite number. Christopher Luxon will travel to Sydney today on his first official official visit since taking office where he will meet with Anthony Albanese. Uh, Mr Luxon said his priorities, first and foremost was being a good security partner in the region and was looking forward to discussing the close security and defence relationship between the two countries. He said, I want us to be higher intensity, higher engagement. I don't ever want to take the relationship with Australia for granted. Luxon went on to say that he, he would, uh, he, or he wouldn't actually say, <laughs> no, he would not say whether he felt the previous government had taken the relationship for granted in the security space, only that his government worked constructively with Australia. He said, I just want to make sure that we're a good partner and holding up our end. 
The emphasis on defence and security prompted questions over whether Luxon intended to move quickly on joining the AUKUS security arrangement. Uh, Defence Minister Judith Collins has indicated her disappointment the previous government did not do more to include New Zealand in Pillar 2 of the deal. Uh, I don't know what Pillar 2 is. It's not in capital, so I'm not sure what that is. Um, While the first pillar of A... I don't know if... What do you do? It's A-U-K-U-S. I don't know what that means. I suppose it's Australia, UK and US. There we are. That's what it is. Australia, UK and US. And I suppose they say it like Anzac, do they? So how would we do that? It would be um, UCAS. (laughs) Rhymes with... um, Yeah, UCAS. It was... Now, she said, oh, I'd better get back to this. Um, while the pillar, the first pillar of UCAS uh, was orig- <laughs> was allowed for the has allowed for the construction of nuclear powered submarines for Australia, pillar two involves the sharing of non nuclear technologies. New Zealand's nuclear free status, we've still got that, would make joining pillar one impossible. And Luxon was adamant his stance would not change. Oh, okay, that's good. That was some. Um, who was it now? The Labour government, the first Labour government in ages. In 1984, it was David Longy under Rogernomics. Uh, they um, they did that, didn't they? Is I could smell the uranium on your breath. Oh, John Ansell does a better job of that than me. Anyway, uh, he said it's not negotiable, but mucus, a uh, UCAS, the UCAS pillar two is rather undefined. It's not the nuclear space. It is. Uh, in other areas. Okay. As the previous government said, our position remains the same, which is we're not open to exploring what it all means, given it's so undefined. Robert Patman, Professor of Politics and... Oh, this goes on forever. Do we want to give him a... We'll give you a paragraph, okay? Uh, Robert Patman, Professor of Policies and International Relations at the University of Otago, said that it was more likely the Australians would want to know how much money Luxon's government intended to spend on defence. <laughs> Show me your money. He said, I think the Australians would love for New Zealand to spend more on defence. That would be the biggest commitment the Australians are looking for, he said. Patman, he, um, gosh, you're in trouble with drinking coffee. For some reason, I salivate like a bloodhound. And I know you've probably heard me. I'm just continuously swallowing all the time. And what I have to do, because I'm, you know, I have to move away from the microphone like this. You know, like it's disgusting. It sounds terrible, but that's what happens when I drink coffee. Unless, unless I'm drinking too much coffee, and it's now this is maybe one of the side effects, which was salivating like a like like a bloodhound. Um, I'll check the books. I'll have a look in the Materia Medica and see if coffee a cruder, um, which is just the raw bean. I'll have a look and see if coffee has anything to do with salivating because I tend to be salivating quite a bit. Now, Labour's de- defence spokesperson, Penny Henare, I should say, Penny, what's that, Penny? Is that a man or a woman? I think it's a man, isn't it? Penny Henare said, yes, he said that he was yet to see any indication from the government as to where, uh, as to where it would be taking defence. He says it's now time for the government to put their money where their mouth is. Henare said the previous government had a good relationship with Australia when it came to defence and security. That's what they say. But no, not according. I don't think they did. I don't think we kept our end of the bargain. The only trouble that the only thing that scares me about us, you know, keeping our end of the bargain, is that if Australia gets involved in a war, you know, we'll be we'll be putting our kids involved. I don't want my son going to war. I don't want that. 
No, I don't think there's any good reason to go to war today. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't believe in being a conscientious objector, nor did my father. My dad, he, he wouldn't do that. Um, he went to war. But things have changed a bit now. We've got a bit more. We know a bit more about what's going on in the world, don't we? We think we do anyway. You know, us opinionated people. We think we know what's happening. You know, that it's all run by these strange people. Anyway, I've just got sidetracked. I've seen something here about the Roman Catholic Church. <laughs> Let's look at some of these headings. These are top stories. So we'll give that one a miss because I've had enough of that. Um, so Luxon and Albanese, they're going to discuss defence. So that's good. That's what's happening today. He'll be flying. He's probably flying flown out by now. He'd be an early bird, wouldn't he? Be on the flight, the 7 o'clock flight to uh, Australia, Canberra. Now, a first home buyers drive market higher for the fourth consecutive month. That's interesting. And the Pope says the Roman Catholic priests can bless same-sex couples. You filthy perverts. I suppose they're all... I mean, do you know why there's more prostitutes in um, the Vatican? Have a guess. Why? Why are there more prostitutes in the Vatican? There's actually... They've got the highest rate per capita of criminals as well, pickpockets over at the Vatican. There, uh, well, it's because, you know, we're getting back to the other one. Uh, the highest rate of um, prostitutes in the Vatican is because, simply because they have more um, celibates. It has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, health care, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. We could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. And then we have another crazy billionaire, Bill Gates, says, there's too many of us. His thing by 2030 is to depopulate the planet. And I, and I just wondered, like, are we part of the population that he wants to de? <laughs> depopulate? This is too many of us. This is too, and, they, and he says it. And people go, ah, it's a conspiracy theory. This is a conspiracy theory. He said it. You can go on YouTube. He said, F***ing Bill, Bill Clinton. You know, Bill Clinton's me. Bill Gates. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was thinking about Epstein's Island for a second. <laughs> so, Bill Gates, you go and see on YouTube. He says one of the goals of by 2030s is is to lower the population of the planet, and one of the ways to do that is using vaccines. It's like what? And people go, no, that's a conspiracy theory. So he said it. You can go see. He said, yeah, but it's a conspiracy theory to think you know he meant what he said. <laughs> says, what? He said it. He meant it. He's doing it. And it's working. Nine minutes to seven. And, um, no, sorry about that. Talked over the top of him. Now, this is a story by Tom Shingleton. And I'm f I found this one at rnz.co.nz. And the heading is EU takes action against Elon Musk's X over disinformation. Just has just come through in the last uh, 20 minutes. Uh, the European Union has formally announced it suspects X, previously known as Twitter. We all know that. We all know that. Of breaching its rules in areas including countering illegal content and disinformation. Oh, these people, they want to shut us up. A digital commissioner, uh, Thierry Breton, set out the alleged infringements in a post on social media platform. He said X, which is owned by Elon Musk, is also suspected of breaching its obligations on transparency. X said it was cooperating with the regulatory process. In a statement, the firm said it was important that this process remains free of political influence and follows the law. 
X is focused on creating a safe and inclusive environment for all users on our platform while protecting freedom of expression, and we will continue to work tirelessly towards this goal. It added, these are the first formal proceedings launched under the Digital Services Act, the DSA, and we've got something similar happening here. It's all designed to shut us up, so we're not allowed to, you know, just to basically, because right now, X is really the place where you're actually free to, to speak freely. You, you can actually do that. You can't do it on, and you're not censored at all um, in any way, shape or form, um, but you are on Facebook, and I don't know why us old stupid old people. <laughs> why do we? Why do we bother with Facebook? It is such such. Everybody knows that it's basically just a tool that the FBI use. And here in New Zealand, the the, the Labor government, and I don't know. I think the deep state, which is you know the bureaucracy, Justice Department, whoever it is. I don't know the secret squirrels, the the SIS, the Secret Intelligence Agency, or the DGSB. That's what's that sort of listening people. They listen. They must have boring lives listening to people like me. But anyway, um, they um, now what? Oh, what was I going to tell you? Oh, I've forgotten. Oh, I told you I had a late night. Uh, what? Oh, I don't know. I've forgotten. Lost the whole train of thought. It's just terrible. It's like a leaf. My thoughts are like leaves in the wind. Like someone comes along with a windblower, <laughs> it just blow, blows them away. I can't remember. Oh, get back to the story and maybe I'll jog my memory. X is focused on creating a safe and inclusive environment for all users on our platform while protecting. For I've said all that, didn't I? And these are the first formal proceedings. Oh, we did. We said that too. The DSA. Now, it places extra obligations on major companies to protect users against extreme content. If they fail to do so, they can face enormous fines or be suspended. Today, we open formal proceedings against X based on several suspected infringements of the Digital Services Act, EU Commission spokesman Johannes Barkel said. Just having a guess at that name, I guess that's how he says it. Uh, he went on to say, the opening of proceedings means that the Commission will not investigate X's system and policies related to certain aspect uh, suspected infringements. It does not prejudice the outcome of the investigation. That's good, prejudicial. It means judging before you've heard the case. <laughs> Explaining the latest step. My glasses has gone all foggy now. Hang on a sec. Now I can't. It's just a complete burr. Just bear with me while I just wipe, give them a quick wipe on my, on my nightie. Right, explaining that the um, oh, let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> explaining that the latest steps in this investigation into X on Monday, the EU uh, said its probe would also consider the effectiveness of X's so-called community notes system. It allows contributors to comment on the accuracy of posts with the company, considering it is a ball walk against disinformation. According to according according to concerns about the nature of the content appearing on X, I get I'm salivating like a bloodhound. Um, uh, appearing on X, uh, they have intensified since it was bought by Elon Musk. Yeah, they don't like him. He's a free speech guy, and they hate it. They hate it. I still don't trust him though. I don't know. He could be, you know, what do you call it? Sort of running interference. I don't know. He could be a plant uh, for the deep state. Mm, seems a bit interesting. How did he get so rich? <laughs> anyway, so, however, concerns about the nature of the content appearing on X have intensified since it was bought by Musk, in part because he laid off many of its moderators. <laughs> that was good. He said, seems like you don't need that many people to run a normal company unless you're actually spying on people. Uh, with the European Commission previously warning it had the biggest disinformation problem of any major platform. In the US, 
controversy over, well, I suppose Rumble would be next, wouldn't it? Over, so controversy over extremist material. So when they, they're not talking about Muslim extremists. They're talking about people like me with extreme ideas. You know, like I'm not allowed to say that that boy that came out, that head boy that came out of the closet and said that he was a homosexual <laughs> and all the, and all the kids cheered. And, um, you know, uh, they, and I just say, well, he's come out that he's a sodomite and a pervert. <laughs> so that's extreme, isn't it? Very extreme. I can't say that. I know. I've got friends that are homosexuals. They know my position on it. I don't hate them. I, I care about them. I used to be one. <laughs> Ooh, I did. Uh, the US controversy over extremist material appearing on the site has led to an advertising boycott a bitter row between Musk and a campaign group, and even questions about whether X could end up going bankrupt. Well, it wouldn't matter to him, would it? He, he said it'd be, it'd be, it would show that these halfwits had closed down a perfectly good social media company because of their cancelling policies. Now, this story was first published by the BBC, the Beeb, which is full of Roman Catholics. In fact, the only way you could become... Um, you could actually get a job with the BBC and also here Radio New Zealand, which is the, the New Zealand poor, very poor cousin, uh, RNZ. Uh, they all had to, be, you had to be Roman Catholic. Wow, that was a frog and a half. Okay, now uh, it's two minutes to, and I'm going to just push the button so that I can hear TNT Radio in the background because I've got a habit of just talking right through everything. And we don't want to do that. I've got some woman there. I'll turn her down. She's annoying, got an irritating voice. Women, I find, are irritating <laughs> at the best of times. All right, let's leave that story where it is. Now I can't hear it all. Oh, it's, what's his name? Um, Patrick Hennison, the um, the anti-Semite. He's yapping away. Now, we're over it. We've got a news story just popped up here in front of me, and it's got a photograph there of Winston Peters. And, and um, I think it's to do with that. Oh, look, it's got herbs and things and droppers. And um, let's see, what uh, what is it about Winston Peters and natural health products? Ooh. Ooh, now that's interesting. New Zealand First has enjoyed the financial and political support of part of the natural health sector for many years. They're celebrating the party's immediate action upon returning to power. That's just come out. I wonder if I should just have a quick look at that. Um, Oh, hang on, I want to read the headlines. We could read it after the news. We've got it now, haven't we? We'll go back to the headlines. Fines issued for mobile phone use triple over four years. A number of phone speed camera fines and seatbelts. Oh, those speed cameras, do they tell you? Can they tell? Oh, no, they can't. Um, I thought they could tell whether you're using your phone or not. Uh, seatbelt fines and offences have also shot up, so they're going to really whack you. That's why I don't drive. <laughs> I, don't, I don't leave the farm. I can stay here month after month after month. I wouldn't care if no one come to visit me. In fact, I find it a pain in the pain in the butt when people come to visit because it takes me off my job. I love working, and I did a lot of fencing yesterday. It was great. Loved it. Anyway, the demand for first home buyers drives the market up again. Values have risen in 14 of the 16 main urban centres over the past quarter here in New Zealand. And Luxon is off to Australia today. He's going to be focusing on the defence security in his first talks with his counterpart, Anthony Albanese. And uh, so, yes, he wants to be a good security partner. Other top stories. We've got rate hikes, mature approach to help pay for billions needed to fix the infrastructure. And it's only because they've been channeling our money elsewhere. And I must not forget, after the news, we're definitely going to play Rosa Corey. So we'll bring you up to date as to what these mongrels have been up to. Okay, here's the music and here's um, TNT Radio News. I'll be back with weather right after this. 
replay of this hour, go to episodes at TNTradio.live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Young members of the U.S. Army are throwing a TikTok mutiny to complain about bad food being pushed to stay in shape, their freedoms being suppressed, and more. One of the videos by military influencer Anthony Laster described his life as having no privacy, the pace sucks, bad food, disrespectful leadership, no sleep. The post has been viewed over 600,000 times since 2020. Laster has more than a million followers on TikTok and made the disparaging comments about the military not only while in uniform, but while on mission. In another post viewed by the Daily Mail, the Chicago native claimed that he spent the whole day watching TikTok videos while supposedly fighting the Taliban. The outlet reported, the Army expects to end up about 15,000 short of its target of 65,000 recruits for 2023. Similarly, the Navy expects to fall short by 10,000 personnel, and the Air Force is projected to miss its goal by 10%. Generation Z appears to be full of complaints about the military, as an increasing number take part in what the publication described as a TikTok mutiny. A Waffle House customer in Birmingham, Alabama, shot and killed a man Sunday morning who was allegedly threatening to shoot patrons in the restaurant. AL.com reported the incident occurred around 1.30 a.m. Jefferson County Sheriff's Lieutenant Joni Money indicated that deputies were called about the man who was allegedly threatening patrons, but one of the restaurant's customers got into an altercation with the suspect and shot him before deputies reached the scene. WVTM noted that the Waffle House customer who shot the suspect fled the scene after the shooting. The deceased suspect was 26 years old. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer explains why Republicans voted to launch an impeachment inquiry into President Biden on Sunday night in America. Well, we had to move to the next level, Trey, as you know, because this administration was obstructing us. We had witnesses that we wanted to call to ask basic questions, and the White House instructed them not to go. Russia and Ukraine engaged in another day of drone warfare, with the Russian Defense Ministry reporting the interception of 35 Ukrainian drones over three southwestern Russian regions. According to a post on Telegram, these drones included an attack on a Russian military airport. The targeted site is believed to be the Morozovsk Air Base, home to Russia's 559th Bomber Aviation Regiment, which has been active in the Ukraine war. Videos circulated on a Russian telegram channel, known for criticizing the Kremlin, showed drones flying over residential areas in Morozovsk. Vasily Goyabev, the governor of Russia's Rostov province, confirmed the drone strikes near Morozovsk in another town, stating that the most drones were shot down without causing casualties or significant damage. The Church of England has started offering official blessings for same-sex partnerships, a significant development despite maintaining the prohibition on gay marriages. This new practice was exemplified in one of the first ceremonies where Reverend Catherine Bond and Reverend Jane Pierce, both associate priests at St. John the Baptist Church in Felixstowe, received a blessing for their union. Canon Andrew Dotchin presided over the ceremony, expressing gratitude for their love and commitment. This move follows the Church's National Assembly decision in February to permit clergy to bless same-sex couples who are legally married or in civil partnerships. The approved prayers, known as prayers of love and faith, were put into practice for the first time this Sunday. This change comes after five years of deliberation over the Church's stance on sexuality, including an apology to the LGBTQ community. However, the Church maintains its traditional view of marriage as the union between a man and a woman, 
and does not obligate clergy to perform these blessings if they're opposed to them. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. This has been James O'Neill for TNT Radio. Thank you very much, James. And uh, you're listening to the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Grant Edwards. It's six minutes, oh no, nearly six, five minutes past. And I'll be uh, right back with weather in just a moment. Scraping together all the news and information you need. It's engaging. At the top and bottom of the hour. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. What river systems around the world did you study? The largest one I studied was the... Oh, crikey. Did I have the microphone off the whole time? I did. I did. Oh, you idiot. Grant, you nitwit. Oh, it's a wonder. People are probably... Oh, look, I've lost a few (laughs) listeners. Oh, no. Oh, you didn't get any of the weather. What a nit... Why did I do that for? I don't know. This is the trouble when you don't have proper equipment. You know, normally you have a light in the studios. When you push the light, the whole place glows red. Uh, and then you, a smile comes on your face. I don't know why that, <laughs> that used to happen. Oh, look, I'll just very quickly do that again. And, I'll, and I'm probably a good thing you didn't hear me because I was mucking around with it. Okay. Um, did I tell you about, um, I'm not sure how far. I'll, look, I'll, t- I'll just give you a bit of an idea of what Stuart, uh, Philip Duncan said. He's over at Weather Watch. He says a normal northwest flow is moving back in again from the, for the next couple of days. And this means that windier weather returns to Wellington and other exposed areas. But for those of us in the east, it means higher temperatures will return either today or possibly tomorrow. That's how long it will take. could take until tomorrow for those high temperatures. Cloudy weather returns to many areas too, especially in the south and west. Now moving over to Met Service and we'll look at the short forecast for northland Auckland, Waikato, Coromandel, the Bay of Plenty, mostly cloudy with isolated showers, but fine breaks increasing this evening. For Gisborne and Hawke's Bay, mostly cloudy, scattered showers, especially about the ranges where some may be heavy this afternoon. For Waitomo to Wellington, including the central high country and Wairarapa. Morning cloud and that's going to dissipate to fine weather. Uh, cloud uh, however is going to be returning in the evening from Taihapi southwards. In the South Island, Buller, Nelson, Marlborough and Canterbury, areas of morning cloud otherwise fine weather. For Otago, Westland and Southland and also Clutha as well, mainly fine weather but areas of low cloud about North Otago and Dunedin this morning and again from late evening. For Fiordland, cloudy periods, and finally for the Chathams, it's becoming fine this morning. Okay, we're going to Rosa Quarry uh, in just uh, a moment. Uh, I think I've already played that silly thing, haven't I? We'll play that again. It's quite interesting. A study about river systems, and it's very interesting. And it's about the, the these are from flood chasing dangers. What does that mean? Flood chasing? I don't know. Anymore. Sounded good when I when I looked at it. Uh, the time is the time is eleven minutes past, and I'll be back in just a jiffy. What river systems around the world did you study? The largest one I studied was the Amazon River, the upper parts of the Amazon River. Uh, it was in uh, around the city of Iquitos, uh, where the river is about one to two kilometres in width. And quite exciting landscape, that one. But I've also studied many other rivers around the world, particularly in uh, Finland, China and uh, Australia. It was quite exciting. What's the most dangerous thing a fluvial geomorphologist might run into? In simple terms, a flood. As a fluvial geomorphologist, we chase floods. Floods can be highly turbulent, they can be violent, they can, they can rise quite rapidly. And so you could be actually near or in a channel at the time conditions change ex- incredibly fast. Have you been caught out? Absolutely. I've had to be rescued, medivaced, and the rest of it. Yes, it's, wow. it's exciting. 
Hmm. Uh, very interesting, isn't it? Isn't that interesting? Now, I've got Rosa Corey coming up in just a moment. Uh, just one moment, please. Uh, it's uh, 12 minutes past seven. We imagine that we live in an age of reason. And the global warming alarm is dressed up as science, but it's not science. It's propaganda. There's no direct evidence which links 20th century global warming to uh, anthropogenic greenhouse gases. We're just being told lies. That's what it comes down to. You can't say that CO2 will drive climate. It certainly never did in the past. If the CO2 increases in the atmosphere as a greenhouse gas, then the temperature will go up. But the ice core record shows exactly the opposite. So the fundamental assumption, the most fundamental assumption of the whole theory of, of climate change due to humans is, is shown to be wrong. The whole thing stinks. It does. The wireless. Oh, the wireless. Okay. Now, um, I, I can't go over to Rosa Corey just yet. It's um, 13 minutes, coming up to thir- 13 minutes past seven. It is actually. 13 and a quarter past. <laughs> that's what they, it's 13 and a half minutes past. I remember that was on Merv Smith. Remember him? Oh, no, you wouldn't remember him. <laughs> Only old people remember him. We're over at skynews.com.au and the... Um, the it's uh, the FNQ. Now I knew what that was. Now what does that mean? Now the FNQ, it's um, far north Queensland. That's what it is. Yeah, the, uh, the far north Queensland flood is a crisis situation at the moment. Families are left homeless before Christmas. These are we've got a few, quite a few Australian listeners. So we better have a look at this. So far north Queensland towns have been absolutely hammered by record-breaking floods that are completely inundating properties, leaving heartbroken families homeless before Christmas, says Douglas Shire, Mayor, uh, Mayor Michael Kerr. Douglas Shire, Mayor. Oh, I see. Oh, Douglas is a place. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> oh, like Port Douglas, isn't it? Yeah, Douglas Shire, Mayor. Uh, Michael Kerr, there we are, got it, finally got it. Does pay to pre-read, I suppose. Uh, Fiona Brown refutes claims from Brittany Higgins during explosive testimony. The former chief of staff to Linda Reynolds has refuted key claims from Brittany Higgins in explosive behind-closed-doors evidence to the federal court. And another update here on the um, far north Queensland flood crisis. A Queensland, uh, the Queenslanders rescue neighbours in a fishing boat uh, mustering choppers, Premier Steve Miles has praised the far north Queensland community for their incredible acts of bravery as residents are mustering choppers. And uh, you, uh, you, hang on, they, the residents used mustering choppers. Oh gosh, you're a terrible grunt. I suppose if you read it first, it might help. But anyway, and me and my dyslexia. But though, so what they do is out in the bush, or out in the in Australia, they don't use dogs and horses to round up cattle. They have such big properties, they actually use helicopters, and so they muster their cattle with uh, helicopters. So they are mustering helicopters. They've been using these mustering choppers and fishing boats to rescue neighbours stranded by record-breaking flood waters. Now, other news. Dangerous and intolerant protesters slammed after blocking a major Melbourne road. Nine people have been arrested for, for shutting down a major Melbourne road on Monday with a pro-Palestinian, what it is, is pro-Islamic terrorist, these celebration parties. These are protesters. They're being slammed as selfish, dangerous and intolerant. Now, do we have any? Uh, let's have a look here. Oh, what are they doing? Looks like the Turkish Airways get extra Australian flight. Do they? Uh, oh, we won't look at that. Should we look at that? No, we won't look at that. And uh, we're back to Premier Miles. He backflips on the 
Palaszczuk's Olympics obsession. Palas, I can't pronounce her name. Gosh, that's a tricky one, isn't it? I suppose I should, I could actually put it into um, f- what? Are you, not Photoshop. I should put it into um, uh, YouTube, and they tell you how to pronounce. It's the Frenchman there. Hello, I tell you how to pronounce English words. Oh, he talks like that. He's got. A, he's, got a, he's lovely. I can't remember his name. He's actually really young. He sounds really old, but he's actually quite young. I've seen a picture of him. Um, Palas. Zooks, I guess it's Palazzooks, Olympic obsession. Queensland new premier Steve Miles has distanced himself from former state leader Anastasia, whatever that name is, by axing three portfolios linked to the Games, while the faces of health, housing and youth crime remain the same. There we are, this is news for our Aussies. And uh, Hamas-Israel uh, war raised racial and religious tensions unseen for years. There's an opinion piece over there at the skynews.com.au. What I like about Sky News is they get the levels right. So if you want to play a video, uh, there is a video there. Uh, I could play, but no, I haven't got time today. And Prince Harry's legal, his legal could win set Prince Harry's legal win <laughs> could set a precedent for exposing unlawful information gathering. Oh, that was interesting, wasn't it? And then Cairns saw a double amount of rain initially predicted, according to the Mayor Terry James. And other news uh, in Australia, Bob Catter, he blasts the Gestapo state government for neglecting far north Queensland. Firebrand independent member of parliament Bob Catter He is unleashed on the Gestapo, quote-unquote, state government for seemingly neglecting far north Queensland, the residents there, as they grapple with the aftermath of Cyclone Jasper. And more on politics, and Labour commits additional ADF support to flooded communities. Emergency Management Ministry Murray Watt, he says, the Australian Defence Force will provide 150 emergency services personnel to help rescue uh, the relief efforts so far uh, up in the far north of Queensland. And Jimmy Barnes is on the road to recovery, and he's uh, said in a social media post, he's put lots of photographs of Jimmy having breakfast and Jimmy drinking a cup of tea and Jimmy doing this, that and the other. Australian rocker Jimmy Barnes appears happy and healthy after his vaccination injury. Oh, no. No, don't say that, Grant. Might not be. He might not have even been vaxxed. I doubt it, though. I doubt it very much. He was on the road to recovery in new photos posted on social media after open heart surgery. I thought it was going to say the heart throb, but it's no heart open heart surgery last week. And a major dis- uh, a dispute as the union claims 700 Victorian public school cleaners will not receive holiday pay. The union has threatened legal action after claiming school cleaners at Victoria will be missing their holiday pay since new contractors will not be resuming business until January next year. Simply run out uh, this is more Australian news. Uh, processed water depleted in major blowout for Cairns residents. Cairns Mayor Terry James has announced the area has simply run out of processed water. We have to process it. Mm. I'm dribbling again. It's just it's, it's a flipping coffee. I'm sure of it. If, maybe tomorrow I might drink tea. I think I'm becoming addicted to it, coffee. I'd better start reading. I'm going to start reading the Materia Medica and find out what the side effects of coffee are because I I've drank a truckload of it. You know, since I've, since I've given up drinking booze, <laughs> I used to drink quite a lot of alcohol while I was on the radio. No, I didn't. <laughs> but at night I'd have a few too many. You know, I'd have like a 
couple of bottles of beer, and I'm not talking little ones. <laughs> I'm talking the, the 750 ml ones. I'd have those. I'd have one, and then, then I'd have another one because I'm just thirsty, really. I actually like the taste of beer, but I can't function very well. I really struggle. You know, I mean, I struggle anyway, you know, don't I? Yeah. Anyway, so I don't know how, how come so many people listen to me and I'm just like struggling through the news. <laughs> it's unbelievable, really, how you could be bothered. 20 minutes past seven, and i better hurry up and play that Rosa Corey one. This is where your funds are going. This is where the rates go. Um, let me see. I've just got to find her. Where is she? Rosa, where are you? Rosa. Oh, gosh, I've lost her. She's gone completely. Oh, no, I've got her, I've got her lined up. Okay, coming up to 20 minutes past seven, and this is Rosa Corey, and she'll explain all about Agenda 21, Agenda 30. It's really important. It's only a few minutes. It doesn't go for too long, but it'll just give you an idea of what's happening with your councils. All the councils right throughout New Zealand have signed up to the Agenda 2030. They've also signed up to the idea of smart cities. And these are, this is why all the, you know, you wonder why people like Bryce McKenzie from Groundswell, they're sort of like, you know, they just cannot believe that there is a conspiracy happening. They just think it's wacko stuff, you know, tinfoil hat wearing stuff. And Bryce, when he came on my program about two years ago, he said, oh, I'm happy to, but on one condition, we don't go talking about any conspiracy theories like Agenda 2030 and all that. And, you know, you're a nutbag, Bryce, because that's where it's at, mate. And you've, I hope you've finally woken up because, they're all globalists, and that's your enemy. You've got to realise that, and you should never, no farmer should ever, and the farming, the Federation of Farmers, or whatever they call themselves, they should not be going down this climate change rubbish, this fake science that all these people, these scientists, are just being paid. They're on a gravy train, as Piers Corbyn would say. It's a gravy train, and they're just, they're just saying whatever uh, whoever pays them the most says. Now, let's listen to Rosa Corey, and I'll be back in just a few minutes and we'll finish off some news. I'll have a pre-read or something. Maybe I should do that. <laughs> Good idea. Reading at sight is a rather um, uh, not very pleasant to listen to is it, as from a listener's point of view. 22 minutes past seven. I'll be back soon. This is a plan that was agreed to by 179 nations. It's called the Agenda for the 21st Century. It's a totalitarian state being developed right now all over the world. It is the inventory and control plan. Inventory and control of all land, all water, all minerals, all plants, all animals, all construction, all means of production, all food, all energy, all information, and all human beings in the world. And this is a plan that was agreed to by 179 nations back in 1992. It's a United Nations plan. It's called the Agenda for the 21st Century. And so many of us around the world think that, um, well, sustainable development, it just sounds so great. Isn't it about recycling and creative reuse and, uh, and creating energy and food resources for everyone? And the answer is no, it really is not. It's about moving populations into city centers, concentrated city centers, and clearing them out of the rural areas. All systems have to be brought into harmony in order to control them all. Because when systems don't meet, when they're, when they're out of balance or not in sync with one another, they can't be controlled centrally. And the goal of Agenda 21 is one world government and total control from a central unit. Every nation that signed on to Agenda 21 has its, uh, its local Agenda 21 plan. 
People in the United States are completely unaware of this. If I go out and talk about this, the United States press will attacks me and calls me which is it's totally ridiculous. It is a but it's not a theory. It's a fact. The three pillars of United Nations Agenda 21 are economy, ecology, and equity, the three E's. And everyone sort of thinks that they know what that means, the idea of social equity. It must mean that, well, everyone's going to have access to clean water and clean air, and uh, no one's property is going to be used as a dumping ground because they are at a poverty level. But really what social equity is about is about impoverishing huge portions of the population and bringing down uh, the developed nations. Everything that we're looking at now is destined to collapse our economies. It's a totalitarian state being developed right now all over the world. And what major corporations want in this development is to be able to uh, to have move, full movement of, of, uh, of workers without borders or boundaries, to be able to move their goods through without regulations, and to reduce wages. And so this is the goal. So this is what you find with social equity. And of course, economy and uh, ecology is about, these are the three circles, economy, ecology, and social equity. And where they meet in the center is balance. But really that balance is a communitarian balance. So it's not balance of well-being of the people. What it is is it's a balance for corporations so that they can exploit and control and have populations in an area in tightly packed, dense areas so that they can be surveilled and managed. And this is what that balance looks like as far as the development of a totalitarian state is. The mainstream media is owned by five major corporations and you're not going to get this information from the mainstream press. So you need to be your own press. You need to educate yourself. You need to get out there and educate your neighbors, your community, your real community. You need to help your children understand that they're being indoctrinated from pre-kindergarten to post-graduate school. All of us have a responsibility to ourselves and to others. This is true community, to work for personal freedom. And always remember that even though we work as a group, if we do work as a group, we're all individuals in those groups. And we answer only to ourselves. And this is essential. It's essential as, as, as free human beings, this is what we are. We are free and we need to continue to be free. And I do believe that we will win, but we have to become aware that there is a fight and then make our friends and our neighbors and our community aware as well and work together. There we are. I bet you enjoyed that. That was Rosa Corey, and her name is spelled K-O-I-R-E. Rosa Corey. You can all spell that, can't you? Okay. We find right whoop. across hey. the Phanerozoic. Hey. Hey. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Now, how did that happen? Bloop. Oh, I'll put that over there, and we'll play you a bit later on. I'll put you up there ready to go. I'll cue you up. There we are. Now we're getting a bit low on um, material. Now, we're back over at Australian News because we've got a lot of Australians listening. So ABC Net, abcnet.au, and we'll look at the headlines there. Uh, these are stories that are just in, and it says here, right before Christmas, Mick's wife loses her job 
and his hours have been cut. Uh, school cleaner Mick Lynch and his wife face a bleak Christmas after Mick's work hours were drastically cut back and his wife was not offered a contract at all. Oh, that's not a very good heading. They normally have better headings than that. Let's look at the next one. How the Black Mambas are protecting endangered wild animals in South Africa. This is Aussie news. <laughs> a group of trained anti-poachers who call themselves the Black Mambas are fierce protectors of wild animals in the greater Kruger National Park. Uh, but they refuse to use bullets, and the, United, the European Union are investigating Elon Musk's ex in the first probe, and we talked about that earlier, this is what they say, in the first probe under the Digital Services Act, DSA came into force in November last year and requires very large online platforms and search engines to do more to tackle illegal content and risks to public security. And house prices are set have set a new record high every month this year in Australia, but some suburbs saw property values go backwards. Um, and so I think we've got a decline here. What have we got? It's strengthened, strength the strength in 2023, but some sub- suburbs and regional areas saw medium values decline by more than 10% in the past 12 months after home buying demand dropped off after the pandemic. Did I say pandemic? Oh. 18 lives saved from ra- rising uh, floodwaters in the far north Queensland by a boaty named Gavin uh, his name, and a pilot named Magoo. You know, Mr. Magoo? Oh, 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 Mr. Magoo. Um, a group of north Queensland locals braved driving rains and um, still salivating and rising floodwaters to rescue 17 people trapped in trees. <laughs> imagine that. Gosh, it's poor people. I can't imagine that. It'd be terrible. Just as well it's warm up there um, in the trees and they were there and also rooftops of, of a pub. Uh, and, uh, and more news here. A gown worn by Princess Diana sells for 1.4 million, I guess that's Australian dollars, 11 times its estimate. The dress worn in the 1990s along with a matching illustration, was estimated to sell for $300,000 in Los Angeles uh, in the in auction there. Now, solid fuel missiles add a deadly edge to North Korean arsenal. Pyongyang, it looks like, Pyongyang, yes, has long relied on its nuclear arsenal and array of weapons to leverage their international position. Now, a popular Serbian ruling party hails election win amid calls for protest. Serbia's right-wing governing party claims a sweeping victory in a snap parliamentary election, although opposition parties and election monitors say thousands of unregistered voters were allowed to cast ballots. So you shouldn't be unregistered. That needs, to, And we've got the same in New Zealand. We've got unregistered voters that were there. And I think it was Richard Preble that said there needed to be investigation, needed to go to the High Court. That needs to be sorted because most of them would be Greens and Maori Party, I would think. Yeah, that's what he said as well. Uh, in fact, he said it, and I'm just reiterating. <laughs> Transport couple caught out by relatively unsophisticated doctored invoices in the cattle rustling case. The couple who own a Mora-based livestock transport company had planned their attempted deception, but the court has heard that uh, that it, it wasn't very well thought out, thought out. Now, Imran Khan, he gets around the media blackout the jailed former Prime Minister of Pakistan, he gets around the media blackout on a ban uh, on public gatherings by live-streaming. They're really trying to stop him becoming the Prime Minister again, aren't they? Um, by banning live-streaming, a what he did was 
He did a live streaming using an AI voice, calling for his supporters to turn out in large numbers for the upcoming elections. Now, police charge a man over the Midwest fires that tore through 2,000 hectares, which is about 4,500 acres. It's quite a bit. A farmer says it's beyond him how firefighters were able to control a series of fires that police allege were deliberately lit at the weekend. Calls for the Northern Territory Chief Minister to resign over undisclosed shares in company that owns Northern Territory Mine, own a mine up there. Northern Territory opposition calls for the resignation of Chief Minister Natasha Files after it is revealed that she has an undisclosed shareholding in a company that owns a mine in a remote new Northern Territory community where locals hold concerns over the mine's health impacts. And a fatal truck collision closes major highways in central Victoria. Police have responded to a fatal crash in central Victoria on Monday afternoon. What are we up to now? Yeah, so it was last night. Oh, that is kind of a bit, wee bit old news, but it's good for this program, isn't it? Uh, which closed the major highway. And the former chief of staff says after a meeting with Bruce Lehrman, it entered her mind, uh, it entered her mind, Brittany Higgins may have been raped. Oh, yuck. Brittany Higgins, former chief of staff at Parliament House, Fiona Brown, has followed, was, well, rather was followed, was allowed to give evidence to uh, to Bruce Lehman's defamation trial in a closed court session. Oh, that's all a bit above me. A ballistics expert questioned the calibre of guns being used to cull Brumbies in the National Park. Now, Brumbies are horses, aren't they? New South Wales Upper House inquiry into the aerial shooting of Brumbies. Yeah, they are horses, the picture here. <laughs> um, in the Kushkos... Uh, Syrio... Oh, I don't know, I can't pronounce that. There's too many... Were too many letters all joined together and too many consonants and I can't do that I can do consonants with some vowels in it but I I don't know How? why would they have a park like that in Australia maybe it's not Australia no Brumbies Australia Kosciuszko I don't know National Park has been told the choice of weapons was behind the high number of shots required to kill the horses. Okay, so they need to use, or they're trying to cheapskate on bullets. <laughs> That's what I do. I get the cheapest, cheapest bullets possible, and just um, yeah, I do. I don't want to spend money on that. I need a twenty-two. That's what I need. Need to get a twenty-two. I don't know why I haven't. Every farm has a shotgun and a twenty-two, and all I've got is a shotgun. Blimmin' hopeless, really. Hopeless, really. Unless they're up really close, and they never get that close. By the time I fumble around here, like I might see one while I'm talking to you on the radio, I might see a hare or something, and then I, by the time I stumble out there and they see me moving around, because the the house I've and it's got massive windows, <laughs> so I can look at everything, and ah, oh, no, it's hopeless. They see me move, they pick up everything, especially those rabbits. They're very quick, aren't they? Little little white tails. All I see is the white tail bobbling, bobbing along. Now, a high school students burnt out from increasing pressure to attend university. Oh, your poor soul. Researchers who examine the experience of students leaving school and pursuing further education find young people are facing increased pressure. To, oh, rubbish. Grow up here. Just get onto it. Okay, that's enough. Um, that's good. We've gone back 10 hours now, so that's enough news there. <sighs> Um, we've done this day in history, haven't we? Um, I don't want to look at epic times because I find it too difficult to read and they don't give you enough headings. Uh, we've looked at Mark Spring, did that earlier today. 
You can find Mark Spring. It's M-A-R-K, by the way, markspring.com.nz. He's got some good stories there, interesting stories. Didn't like his little snippet he took, a little sort of a side-snide remark about Liz Gunn, though. That was a bit silly. Mark, and now I notice you haven't actually apologized for that because, you know, she's right. She's done the right thing. And the whole world knows that Barry Smith is the good guy. He's a hero. And we all know, we've been telling people for a long, long time, haven't we? All the people that listen to this program, we all know they're trying to kill us, the bastards. Oh, try not to swear, Grant. All right, okay, I'll try not to swear. All right, well, bastards are Bible word. I know, but you shouldn't use it like that. Okay, all right. What about piss? Can I use that? <laughs> no, well, possibly can. Piss is a Bible word, too. What other words Bible? Um, shit isn't, but I suppose dung is. What else can I say? I don't know. Sometimes swearing, you just kind of need to just to get the frustration out because it's all the, you know, bloody. You can say bloody. That's a Bible word. <laughs> okay. What else have we got? Um, I'll do a quick refresh. Oh, this is hopeless, Grant. Come on. Uh, come on. Pull, you, pull yourself together. Okay. Done since Stevens. What else have we got? What's the time? Tell the time or something. Do something useful. All right. It's 24 minutes to eight. Gosh, it'll all be over soon. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> I'm running out of things to talk about. Oh, I could play a record. Oh, can I play this? This is my favourite. Um, now, where is he? Where are you? I've got three. I quite like Reba, Reba McIntyre. She's got a good one called Consider Me Gone. That's not new, though. Ashley Cook with an E on the end. But like Clark E. Um, now, where is it? Brothers Osborne, they call themselves. Oh, I can't find it. Uh Oh, look, let me just let me just play this, and then I'll be right back with Brothers Osborne. We find right across the Phanerozoic. The Phanerozoic is the part of the geologic column which has fossils in it. Okay, right? that's supposed to be five hundred and forty-one million years time frame. This is what they the time frame they put on it. But you find that right across that spectrum, you find fossils with carbon fourteen in them inside the layer of rock, which is meant to be 500 yeah, million Yeah, right, right through, from the current right through to 540. There's stuff all the way through which wow. has carbon-14 in it, like coal and marble and wood and all sorts of things, shells and things. They have carbon-14 right through the whole Phanerozoic. None of these things that are dated as millions of years or even hundreds of millions of years old, none of them should have any carbon-14, but they've all got a similar amount of carbon-14 even. And that's consistent with all that stuff being buried during Noah's flood. Oh, very good. Okay, now that's um, that's good. I like all that creation stuff. That proves, doesn't it, you you people out there that think you, you, the world's millions of years old and that you evolved from a rock, that your great grandfather was a great was a was a, a a rock. Your great 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 granddad was a rock. Just nonsense, isn't it? Now uh, we're over at Radio Zealand again, and then I've got Brothers Osborne coming up. I managed to locate them. What's it all about? Winston Peters and natural health products. He's really good on the natural health, so that's one good thing. But he's said nothing about Barry Barry Smith, not Barry Smith, Barry Young. He's the senior um, whistleblower for the Ministry of Health. And he's um, revealed all this data, and it's gone all over the world, and it actually looks to be pretty damning. But, of course, here we just go and send the cops around and arrest you and put you in jail. And uh, he was actually held overnight. But you know what? He did say that when he was he was taken to um, a prison, they didn't keep in the police cells. Thank goodness for that, because I haven't been in it, but I've got a friend who has been in police cells, uh, one in Hamilton, I think. And he said it just smelled of piss and um, feces in there just disgusting and he said they didn't you know, didn't even have a blanket it just had a canvas 
um, sort of um, a, a cover over over a really cheap mattress, and that was it, basically disgusting. And the whole place, even the air, smelt like just smelt like a toilet, really. And worse, human feces got to be the, the worst smell. Uh, the only uh, the only when I really smelt it was when I when I went to jail in um, Chiang Mai. It was a bit stinky up there. I went to visit a, a, a Kiwi up there. And um, he was in a jail for stealing a motorbike. He was allegedly, he said he hadn't, he didn't. But he, he was living there, but he's a Kiwi. And I hope he's got let out. He didn't, it wasn't very good. He said that the Israelis, they escaped. And um, so then what they did is they, they, they stopped allowing people that spoke the same language, um, especially the foreigners, they, they stopped them from, um, what do you call it? Um, being in the same cell so they separated everybody and he said no kidding he was in a cell of 150 other prisoners with one toilet and I think that they the um, yeah and a toilet over there it's just a hole in the ground I don't even think it's tiled it's probably just concrete with a hole in the ground basically it's disgusting that's why it stinks it stinks of piss well they can't afford to put Janola around I suppose now Winston Peters New Zealand First has enjoyed the financial and political support of part of the natural health sector for many years and they're celebrating the party's immediate um, action uh, return upon return to power they want it they want to have him do something about it because that um, therapeutics products bill that needs to be repealed and hopefully that was uh, part of the uh, coalition agreement. I'm not sure that it is. Now, corruption and bribery here over at Radio New Zealand. <laughs> corruption and bribery charges against six people in prison probe. Uh, charges follow a three-year investigation into suspected criminal activity at the Rimataka prison. Now, that's just come out. Isn't that the one? That might have been where they put Barry Young. He's the whistleblower. I think at Rimataka, that's down near Wellington, isn't it? Christchurch area? Uh, Rimataka, I'm pretty sure it is. Anyway, police have charged six people in a three-year investigation by the National Organised Crime Group into suspected criminal activity at Rimataka Prison. Well, I'm pleased to hear it. The accused, I mean, when you, if you do, if you were in the unfortunate situation where you actually ended up spending time in prison, the first thing is you want to be made sure that you're not, if you're a bloke, you want to make sure you don't get raped, um, bashed up. Um, you know that, those sorts of things. You just, you know, you want to just like it's bad enough being in prison, but to have you to be other prisoners. I mean, surely they should be able to stop other prisoners from attacking, attacking you. And it seems as though that, that you know you 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 really run the risk of being topped. I think, um, you know, or or being beaten up, especially anyway. So that would be horrible. That would be a terrible thing to end up in prison. Imagine being convicted of a crime that you didn't commit. That would be just awful. Uh, I can't think of anything worse, actually. Anyway, the accused are a prisoner, a current employee, and a member of the public, three former employees aged between 37 and 50. Golly. Uh, They are charged with alleged offences involving corruption and bribery. Corruption and bribery? Um, Which... Uh, required the Attorney General consent to prosecute, according to police. Six were from Auckland, Porirua, Upper Hutt and Hawke's Bay, and would be appearing in the hut. Yeah, it is down there, Rumataka's down Hutt Valley. That's where, that is where uh, Barry Young spent a night. Oh, and that's what I meant to tell you. One of the prison guards said to, said to him, we're on your side, mate. We know how you feel.
and so they treated him very well apparently in there. So that's good to know. Uh, so they're from the Hutt Valley District Court on Tuesday. That's where they were. They were appearing there. That was on. That was. Uh, oh, they are about to. Hang on. Uh, the six were from Auckland. Blah, 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 blah. They would be appearing. They're going to today. Today is. Oh, it is Tuesday. So they're going to be appearing at the Hutt Valley District Court today. Operation uh, Portia. It began in 2020 following Operation Dory, a drug-related investigation at Rimataka Prism. I'm still salivating. This is it's a coffee, I'm sure of it. And uh, those, uh, yeah, what have we got? Uh, those involved in Operation Dory have already been before the court, according to police, during the course of Operation Portia. Police, I don't know why. What's that? Why would they think of names like this? Um, police interviewed. Uh, almost 200 people, including correction staff, prisoners and other witnesses. The investigation involved tactics like the interrogation of phones. The interrogation of... How do you interrogate a phone? <laughs> Bank data. Interrogation. I don't know how you do that. Hey, now you tell me, what's the password? Come on. Well, I'll bend you. I'll break your screen. <laughs> <laughs> they could pull your cover off. <laughs> it just seems like a dumb word anyway, to me. Or maybe I'm just dumb. Anyway, so they're going to be interrogating mobile phones, bank data, and uh, viewing ours on CTV. They've got, surely put the wrong word in there and spell checks changed it. Uh, tactics like interrogating? No, they'll be just checking over data. That they've got Someone's gone and put the wrong word in there. In addition to the corruption and bribery accusation, Operation Portier Investigators... They have identified alleged offences involving assault and one case of using a document. These investigators investigations were undertaken by Wellington District Court uh, police staff, rather, resulting. See how I put words in that aren't even there, um, and resulting in five people. I'm going to cough again. Yeah. Uh. Good grief. Um, Four have been dealt with uh, by the court and one prosecution remains ongoing. These investigations (laughs) and and those held responsible are separate from the corruption and bribery charges. Corruption and bribery? Um, Laid as part of Operation Portia. Police worked closely with corrections and both organisations who committed, who are committed, were committed to making working towards preventing corruption and other criminal offending, <laughs> according to police. Oh, gosh, it was terribly read. Sorry about that. Uh, what else have we got? Demand from the first home buyers drives the market up again. Oh, values have risen by in 14 of the 16 main urban centres. Now, better have a look at that because I promised you that I would. Let's look at this. So the housing market continues to improve, but recovery next year is expected to be gradual and muted. The November quota value, the QV housing market report, shows the value of the average home increased 0.7% in October, the fourth executive a consecutive <laughs> monthly rise for a quarterly gain of 2.3%. The national average value was 900, good grief, nearly a million dollars, 914, I haven't even got that much in my bank, $914,017, a gain of just $6,630 on October. But overall, the market's still down 3.3% since the start of the year. QV operations manager James Wilson said the market this year had fallen stabilised and now recovering. He said, but rather than the start of another major uplift in values, I expect we'll see a return to a more typical sort of housing market in the year ahead, with slow, just the year ahead, not the years ahead, with the slow growth and days to sell 
and listing numbers eventually returning to historic norms. Uh, oh, <laughs> I just, I had to get that out. It's better out than in. Oh, come on, folks, give us a break. You know, I can't be, I can't be flicking the microphone off every five minutes. At least I don't fart while I'm on the radio. <laughs> I've got this shocking thing. I just can't get rid of it. <clears throat> That's better. <clears throat> okay, we're right now. Now, values rose 14 uh, in 14 of the 16 urban centres over the past quarter, with Tauranga and Marlborough posting marginal declines. Among the stronger gains for the record were Rotorua at 9.5%, Hastings 3.5%. Is that up or down? Stronger gains, their gains. Wellington 3.2% because they were down actually, weren't they? Only three centres recorded uh, price rises this year. Rotorua 3.2%, Queenstown 2.1% and Invercargill 1.5%. Whangarei and Tauranga values are still markedly lower. Oh, that's a good time to buy in, in um, Tauranga. <coughs> I used to have a mate that used to do that. Oh, it's terrible. Disgusting. No one wants to hear that. Okay, so there we are. I've lost interest in that story. So house prices are up and down, aren't they? Like a yo-yo. Now, this is interesting. The the, the guy, they've actually sacked the guy. He's taken redundancy. This is T. Pukinga whatever that is. Now, what's that now? That's um, uh, Technical Institutes, isn't it? Facing $93 million loss this year, according to a document. Falling enrollments and a skewed funding system are behind the Super Institute's massive looming deficit. Yes, and they sacked a guy. This is this is all good. This is all news that's just come through. So I'm reading you stuff now that's just come through in the last few moments. Now, what else have we got? Now, that's it. That's it there. Um, now, I had something lined up for you that I was going to play. What was it now? I've got... Oh, the Brown Brothers. Uh, the uh, Brothers... Brothers Osmond. <laughs> the Brown Brothers. It's 11 minutes to 8. I've got to go and pull myself together. I've got to have a decent cough. Oh. Okay, you're going to love this song. This is uh, Brothers Osmond. It's called Nobody's Nobody. That's me. I hope you enjoy it. I'll be back with some more coughing shortly. Bugger. Oh, you idiot. Grant, now I've gone and recued it. We'll do it again. Now shut up this time. Some wind up in the Hall of Fame. Some go down in the blaze of glory. Some people never, ever make a name. But change the game in someone's story. I'm still trying to leave my mark with a simple song and an old guitar. One thing I've learned out on the road is nobody is nobody.
That's pretty good, isn't it? Eight minutes to eight, and that is Brothers Osborne. Nobody's nobody. That's me. Oh gosh, did I say bugger? Oh gosh, I'm sorry. Oh, I shouldn't say. Shouldn't swear like that. And you're a Christian, Grant. What the heck's wrong with you? I don't know. I'm falling apart. Falling apart. We'll play a creation little 40, 40 second thing of me just to make up for it. Does the Bible actually say the Earth is six thousand years old? It wouldn't be very helpful if it did. Because if it said it was 6,000 years old when it was written 2,000 years ago, it would be out of date now, wouldn't it? So how does the Bible give us the time frame? Uh, it actually gives us these genealogies in Genesis chapter 5, so-and-so begat so-and-so, and that gives you a time frame from creation of the flood, 1,656 years. And then in Genesis chapter 11, you have that chronology from the flood to Abraham and then we know Abraham was about 2000 BC so we know that it's about 6,000 years before now but the Bible doesn't say 6,000 years because it would be out of date if it did. There we are, that would have made up for it wouldn't it, surely um, you know, if you do more good things than bad things that will get you into heaven won't it? I don't know, what does the Bible say? Probably doesn't say anything like that I know, I know I'm, I know I'm a hypocrite I know, I say that I'm a Christian and then I come out with swear words I don't know sometimes just sometimes it's just really good you know like if you swore all the time that would be bad I think because the Bible does say you're supposed to not let um, corrupt communication come out of your mouth and I'm, I suppose it means that it says you'll give an account for every idle word as well so that is a bit scary people don't realise really it is I, I try not to but sometimes you just can't help it just Need to say a good word like piss or something. You know, just I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm backsliding. I don't know. Let's play a record, and because there's no more new news anyway. It's six minutes to, and I want to. There's a couple of songs that I wanted you to play. This is Ashley Cook, the new one for her. A very nice song. My spare time and my spare key Don't go to your front door And I don't keep that old Jeep In your driveway anymore And my toothbrush ain't on your bathroom sink Haven't been to your side of town in weeks You're the reason this thing broke So you should already know It ain't your place to walk up, say hey
Oh man, that's good, isn't it? That is so good. It is three minutes to eight, and you're listening to the Liberty NZ Breakfast with Ashley Cook. And it ain't your place. And I think that is great. I've uh, actually um, added quite a few new country songs, and I'm going to do it. I think I'll do it on a Friday because um, I haven't got time. I'm really busy. I, I've actually had to stop uh, orders for uh, tiny house trailers. I used to just do so many of them. I think one year I'd, on my own I did 30, and um, so I can't do any more, and I have to just – I'm going to do it over the winter because in the summertime on the farm – uh, this is a time when I, I'm really busy. I've got firewood to do. I normally try and do firewood in December, get that all done, because I supply my business partner who's in town as well. So I make sure that, you know, she's got plenty. Not as well. She's in town, so I've got to supply all her firewood and mine. And I haven't even done mine yet, but I do have some logs there that have been sitting for about seven years. So I might, I might get the chainsaw out. Oh, and I went to take my, I was going to, Oh, hang on, I've got news coming up, but I'll just tell you the story quickly. Um, it just shows you how dumb I am. I've got this massive Husqvarna chainsaw with a big long chain on it. It actually belongs to a neighbour friend of mine. And uh, I went to use it, and I thought, oh, there's something wrong with it. I was going to cut down this massive tree. So maybe it was a good thing. Maybe God stopped me from being killed because this tree was big, and it was tricky. I wasn't sure which way to drop it, which way to – because it was wind, and and the branches were hanging the wrong way, and it was everything was wrong about it. Anyway, so I put it together incorrectly. I – the chain wasn't over the cog, um, the sprocket or whatever it's called. Anyway, my son, I said, could you take this into the, the company, um, you know, into the repair company and fix, get it fixed? And um, he, he said, and he had a look at it and he just like straight away, this is my 23-year-old, and he just lifts up the back of it and he said, hey, well, the chain's not even on the sprocket. And I thought, well, that's why it's slipping. <laughs> that's why it wouldn't work. I've been roaring, and the chain wouldn't go. So it actually just came off. So I didn't have it tight enough, did I? What an idiot. What a dummy. Anyway, so I'll have to tell the neighbor there's nothing wrong with it. But I could have used it, and I could have cut down some big trees. And I need to hurry up and do it, because if we don't have enough rain, they'll do a fire ban. And I don't want a fire ban, uh, because I like to have a good burn on. So I drop the tree, then I ring it all up, then I, then I've got, I use a splitting axe, man. I've got this beautiful splitting axe. It's a Husqvarna as well. And, um, and I, I swing it like a golf club. And I learned that from a guy called, um, um, achy breaky heart guy. What's his name? Billy Ray Cyrus. No, but it's not him. It's Billy Ray Smith. You'll find him on YouTube and he knows he'll teach you everything there is to know about woodsmanship. You know, about felling trees and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and now that I've lost a bit of weight, I might actually start climbing trees again. I've got all that, got the spurs and all that sort of stuff. And I hadn't done it because I was overweight and I thought, gosh, you know, there's too much weight on your ankles. But now that I've lost weight, I actually feel like doing a bit of running or fast walking or tramping or something like that. So I'm really into it now. I feel so alive and I think it's the meat, eating lots of red meat, need tons of it truckloads. Okay, we've got TNT Radio News coming up. I'll be back with the weather after that. And then I just want to tell you a little bit about the Pope. He's actually going to be hes blessing same-sex marriages. He says it's okay. I'm going to read you a bit of the Bible in the New Testament by the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Romans, chapter 1, where he condemns that sort of behavior. Oh, no, not men with men and not women with women. And if the Bible's true, you guys, you better be uh, very careful. Turn your turn from your wicked ways. Now, TNT Radio News. Taking a look back at some of the news that shaped the week, I'm Matt Boyland. After hiding from the media for years, Hunter Biden held a rare press conference outside the US Capitol building this week where he spoke briefly of his past cocaine addiction while defending his father, President Joe Biden. And I'm here today to acknowledge that I've made mistakes in my life and wasted opportunities and privileges I was afforded. 
for that, I'm responsible. For that, I'm accountable. And for that, I'm making amends. The president's son addressed the media after refusing to comply with a congressional subpoena, which had ordered him to testify in a closed-door deposition as part of the House's impeachment investigation into his father. During the shock public appearance, Hunter said President Biden was never financially involved in his business affairs and took aim at Republicans, accusing them of impugning his character in an effort to damage his dad. They ridiculed my struggle with addiction. They belittled my recovery. And they have tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass and damage my father. They have lied over and over about every aspect of my personal and professional life. So much so that their lies have become the false facts believed by too many people. Meanwhile, just hours after the first son spoke, House Republicans voted to formally launch their impeachment inquiry into the president. The resolution passing 221 to 212 in a strict party line vote on Wednesday. It comes three months after Republicans first announced they were seeking to initiate impeachment proceedings against the president. The probe will examine whether Biden benefited from his 53-year-old son's foreign business dealings. The House voted in favour of impeaching former US President Donald Trump twice, but both efforts fell short of reaching the threshold necessary for conviction in the Senate. Also making news this week, former Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott personally urged the Speaker of the House of Representatives to greenlight another $60 billion of US taxpayers' money for Ukraine. Addressing the House Speaker at the Wall Street Journal's CEO Council Summit in Washington, the former Australian leader pleaded for the top Republican to keep Congress in session until it passes the bill. Tony Abbott, who was recently appointed director of Rupert Murdoch's Fox Corporation, said Ukrainians were fighting for everyone's freedom. And Ukrainians are fighting and dying so that Americans and Britons and Australians don't have to fight and die. So could I please appeal to you, please don't go home for Christmas without at least giving the Ukrainians what they need to fight for their freedom. Despite public support for Ukraine waning in America, Republicans say they are happy to approve further aid for Kyiv, but first they want President Biden to take action to secure the US's own border with Mexico. The US Speaker telling Mr Abbott it's something that should have been done a long time ago. It's a policy change that's very simple to do. The, the President could easily do this, but they are unwilling, and I cannot for the life of me understand why. So we're going to take care, we'll take care of our obligations, but when I go home, the American people, my constituents and constituents all around this country are demanding that we get control of that border, and we can do both. Apple stepped up privacy on its iPhones this week after it was revealed governments had been monitoring smartphone users. And Donald Trump warned that if he's not re-elected next year, the US will sink into a depression comparable to 1929. This has been Matt Boyland for TNT Radio. I'll be back with more at the top of the next hour. Thank you, Matt, and that is absolutely fantastic. You're always, you're very professional. It's five minutes past eight, and we are going to have a look at weather for the whole country in just a moment. And then I'm going to read that that story, that terrible story that's come up uh, just before the um, the news at eight o'clock, um, and it's from Radio New Zealand about the Pope. He says that Roman Catholic priests can bless same-sex 
uh, couples now. Gosh, you old pervert, you. <laughs> oh, well, we all know they're all a bunch of perverts, aren't they? Yes, we know that. All right, now we'll go and have a look at the weather now. Hang on, I'll find my way back to the turntable. There we go. We'll be back in a minute. A bit of play my, pay my dues. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars. It's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Mm, there we go. It's uh, five and a half minutes. <laughs> no, it's not. It's nearly six minutes past eight. And the extremes right across the country. First of all, Wakatali has the highest temperature, 19.9 degrees. Males will say 20. Lumsden has the lowest temperature, 9.7 degrees. Christchurch, Port, Port Hills, it's up five kilometres per hour to 35 kilometres per hour. Nelson's now the wettest with 0.2 millimetres of rain. Temperatures right across the main centres seem to be in the double digits except for Lumsden uh, yet it's all up in double digits so it's going to be a pretty good day today now the short forecast for Auckland, Northland, Waikato, Coromandel and the Bay of Plenty mostly cloudy with isolated showers but fine breaks increasing this evening for Gisborne and Hawke's Bay mostly cloudy scattered showers especially about the ranges where some may be heavy this afternoon for Waitomo to Wellington including the central high country and Wairarapa morning cloud breaking through to fine weather that's just a stupid way to write it. However, cloud returning this evening from Taihapi southwards. In the South Island, Buller, Nelson, Marlborough and Canterbury, areas of morning cloud, otherwise fine weather. For Westland, Otago, Southland and Clutha, mainly fine weather, but areas of low cloud about northern Otago and Dunedin this morning and again later on in the evening. For Fiordland, cloudy periods, no rain in sight. And finally for the Chathams, becoming fine this morning. And uh, that's it for you. I'll be back in a moment with that story about the Pope, about the, the silly old Pope. Creationists say that the presence of carbon-14 in fossils shows that they are young. Are they missing something? Well, those who believe in the millions of years try to explain it away. And there's two go-tos. The first one is contamination, that this carbon-14 has been added recently, like in the last 50,000 years it has to be. So this is uh, special pleading because right across the Phanerozoic, 541 million, even beyond that, you've got carbon-14, even in diamonds, which is supposed to be billions of years old, and you've got all this carbon-14 added after uh, just recently, right across the board in the same amount. Seriously. So the technique used to date, carbon-14, actually checks for contamination. You look at the carbon-13 ratio with carbon-12 and you can check for contamination. So another suggestion is that uranium decay actually produced the carbon-14. But to have enough uranium to do that, the thing would be 99% uranium and it wouldn't be a fossil, it'd be uranium. <laughs> so yeah. that doesn't work either. It doesn't work. Eight past eight and we're looking at RadioNewZealand.co.nz and this is a story by Ido Vok. It's a BBC News item. Pope Francis has allowed priests to bless same-sex couples. A significant uh, advance for LGBTQRSPUYZ, the alphabet people, in the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, the leader of the Roman Catholic Church said the priest should be permitted to bless same-sex and irregular couples, quote-unquote irregular, <laughs> under certain circumstances. But the Vatican said blessing should not be part of irregular church rituals or related to civil unions or weddings. It added that it continues to view marriages between a man and a woman. Oh, you're just, you're just weakening us. Anyway, we know you're all perverts anyway. You, they've got more pedophiles in the Roman Catholic Church than any other religion on, on the planet. Oh, we don't have a planet. 
Someone told me we live on a, on a flat earth. I don't know if I believe that. Do you believe that? I don't know. Do you think we should actually listen to these people? These people that say that the world's not spinning at a thousand miles per hour? Do you think we should be listening to them? I mean, you, you can tell, can't you, that we're spinning? You can just feel it, can't you? I don't know. I can feel it. I can, I can just tell. I mean, how else could it, could it be? I mean, has to be. Has to be spinning at a thousand miles per hour. And what else is happening here? Oh, and you can see when you go up an aircraft, you can actually see the curvature of the Earth, can't you? You can't? Why? How come it looks like it's curving? Um, well, that's because the windows are convex or something like that. Or it's just your imagination, probably. Anyway, Pope Francis, he's approved the documented issue um, by the Vatican, announcing the change on Monday. The Vatican said that it would be a sign that God welcomes all. Rubbish! Rubbish! But the document says, priest, where did they get this from? They didn't get it out of the Bible. Oh, no, look, that's just absolute rubbish. You can read that. It just goes on. Now, let, let's go to the Bible and see what the Bible says. We'll start in Romans chapter 1, and we'll, t- we'll go over to, uh, start at verse 22. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. There you go. Uh, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image like unto corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own bodies to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the Creator more than the Creator, the creature rather, more than the Creator. So they worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, which is like idolatry, isn't it? Um, who is blessed forever? Amen. That's the Creator. For this cause, God gave them over gave them up to vile affections for even their women to change the natural use unto that which is against nature and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward one toward another men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which it was meet and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. That's what happens to them, you see. They've gone nutty, gone crazy, a reprobates. And so that's what's happened. And they, the beginning, they're starting to think that poking your willy in someone's rectum <laughs> is normal. But that's a reprobate mind, according to the Bible. And I think the Bible's right on this one. I mean, it has to be, doesn't it? Anyway, a reprobate, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. I love the writing, don't you? I just love the way that a, a small child could read this and not understand any of it. It would just go right over the head. It's beautifully written so it doesn't offend small children. Being filled, I wish I could be like, <laughs> which being filled with all ungodliness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, uh, whisperers, Backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, we see a lot of that, don't we? Uh, Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So even those people that you know, say, oh, Jeff, it's so great. We're so gr- glad to to hear that you've come out of the closet, and now you're out and about. And you're a homosexual. No, they don't say that. He's gay. 
I tell you what, love, there's nothing gay. You, say, you know, I, I say this to women. There's nothing gay about your son being sodomized by some older man. And it's always an older man. And the kid came out. This is the one. This is the school kid. He came out and said in his speech, which is absolutely stupid. And, and, and when I say come out, I don't mean the way they mean it. And um, he basically said, ever since I was eight or nine, I knew there was something different about me. Hey, listen, buddy, let me tell you this. this is, that's life. Everybody, every kid thinks there's something weird about them. It's all part of growing up. And what you've got to do as parents is keep your children away from jolly predators that are out there trying to recruit. Because homosexuals aren't born, they must be recruited. And that's how they do it. So there you are. I'm getting angry. Don't get angry, Grant. Don't get angry. It just makes me so angry. Oh, I'm, I'm angry. Don't be angry. Uh, is it okay to be angry? Yes, it is, actually. The Bible says, be ye angry, but sin not. So there you are. You've got it from the Bible. The, God has the final word that um, all sodomites will end up going to hell with the drunkards. So, yeah, so it's just as bad, isn't it? And the blasphemers, all these people that blaspheme. And the Jews were the huge blasphemers. They would use the name of Jesus Christ in vain right from when Titus kicked them out of Israel. Uh, out of Jerusalem, sacked the temple, and all the gold was in the temple, and it melted, and, and the people went and chipped off every stone, just as Jesus said, not one stone of that temple will be left unturned. And sure enough, 40 years later, in AD 70, uh, that temple burned, and all that gold melted, and they chipped every single stone off, getting the gold out. What a, a terrible time that must have been. I just can't imagine how bad it is. If you want to get a bit of an idea just how bad it was when Titus, who was Vespian's son, and uh, how he um, how he sacked Jerusalem, then I would say go over to the Leighton Smith podcast and listen to the last one for the year. It was done on the 13th, just a few days ago, uh, and listen to his latest podcast. It's just he reads the introduction. It's all it's all about is just this book by Simon Seabag Montefiore and... Uh, yes, the Montefiore. He's a Jew, um, but he's written he's written this book called Jerusalem. It's six hundred pages, and um, so and um, um, Leighton Smith he reads the first ten pages, the introductory um, to that book. Unbelievably, oh, it was I just learned so much. And Leighton Smith is a particularly good reader. And um, I hope, Leighton, if you're listening, I know you won't be, but if you were listening, uh, whoever um, knows Leighton, you should say to him, you would be great. I would love to buy audiobooks and listen to you reading audiobooks because I think if you're not already doing it, you should be. Um, absolutely brilliant. I wish I could read. I can't even read a 30-second commercial without making a mistake. Uh, but I'm trying to change that. I am. I, I've got some problems in my mind. And um, so it's mainly just inattention, really. I just, I, my mind wanders off and, and then I sort of forget what I'm talking. I forget to move the eye forward. And sometimes I'm good. I can, you know, some, and what I'm starting to do is I'm starting to use the mouse. I just started today, actually, and I found I did read a bit better. Use the mouse and I've blown the mouse up. So I've got a big finger where the words are and I can run ahead of it. So, so long as I can get my eye to move ahead, I can actually read quite well. But what is, what's really bad is when you don't phrase it and you just read one word at a time. And it sounds terrible, I know. And um, so thank you for putting up with me. Absolutely terrible. Uh, but um, that, there's, there's the breaks, isn't it? Um, 16 minutes past uh, eight. And thanks very much. I hope to be up and ready. I didn't feel like getting out of bed this morning, I can tell you, because it was half past 11 before I even hit the sack. For some stupid reason, I just felt I needed to do stuff. Um, to do with um, 
today's program, you know, just a few things. I wanted to bring you those creation things, which are really good and interesting, aren't they, about carbon-14 and, and uh, geology and all that. So there's a whole heap of scientists out there which, which none of us hear about because no one gives them any money. Uh, and uh, so um, people are supporting them though now, and that is um, Christians are supporting them. I think the crea- creation organisations. I don't know much about it. You know, I, I, I guess it's people like Ken Ham and stuff like that. Uh, they sound Australian to me. Very interesting. So, um, but of course, the majority of them they're millions of years. I don't believe the Earth is millions of years old. The, possibly the material is could be billions of years old I don't know because the Bible says the earth was void and without form and then God came along and he created this wonderful place and um, one of the creationist people one of the scientists there he says that he doesn't think Adam and Eve were in the garden very long and I agree with them I don't think they were there for more than a few days <laughs> really it didn't take long it wouldn't take long to go off the rails especially if you got the devil around and he was too he, he came in the form of a serpent back when they didn't crawl around obviously now they crawl, don't they? Snakes crawl around. And uh, so there it is. Okay, so that's the news. 18 minutes past, and I hope to see you tomorrow. Put your glasses back on so you can see what you're going to do. Now, this was another song I wanted to play during the program, but we'll play it now. Fantastic. It's Reba McIntyre, still putting out great songs. I'm sure you're going to love this one. And uh, what's it called? Consider Me Gone. There we are. See you tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock. Lord willing. I've got to say Lord willing. You do not know. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. Every time I turn a conversation to something deeper than the weather, I can feel you all but shutting down. And when I need an explanation for the silence, you just tell me.